This life unraveled. Each of us has a story. How many times do you listen to other people's stories? Like really, really listen. This Life Unraveled shares stories from all walks of life. Our purpose is to create a space for inclusivity, a place to be honest about our traumas, our successes, our failures, our stories, our truths. To share so that we can create understanding and compassion and to provoke our thought patterns. Are you willing to listen? This interview contains discussion that includes substance abuse, self-harm, suicide, eating disorders, sexual trauma, and mental health crisis. Listener discretion is advised. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide or self-harm, please call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. Okay, so we have today with us some of our very amazing friends, Aaron Knight and Matthew Knight. Now, I call him Matt. I call him Matt, but Aaron calls him Matthew. So who knows? I may switch it around during the podcast. Um, And I don't know yet how much Matt is actually going to be talking, but he's kind of here to fill in some gaps for us as a just-in-case. Say hi, Matt. Hey. There he is. Now he talked. Yep, there he is. He said it. He said the hi. Got my five seconds of fame. Yes, look at you now. Worldwide, Amazon Music, Spotify, Podbean, and soon to be other... Um, places that just, is just popular. Leave it at other. Okay, we'll leave it at other. Yeah. So, um, I'm really excited that Erin wants to share her story with us because I remember when I met Erin. Erin, um, my first impression was probably that she was standoffish, and I'm an extreme extrovert, so I didn't want to get too much in her face because it's hard for me to not get in someone's <laughs> face and just be all up on every bit. Like, hi, I'm your new friend. Let me know everything. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not almost that bad, but not quite. So when I met her, I thought, well, she's just shy, you know, that kind of thing. And um, then I've been fortunate enough to really get to know her this past year. And during the year, I will say she has had quite the transformation. Oh, yeah. Really, really amazing transformation. And so we want to tell her life story, but... um, we're super proud of Erin for how far she's come, and we're excited about her future. And for Matt, I mean, we like Matt too. Matt's Matt's great. I mean, he's he's I her support. Right. He's I mean, a big yeah. part of that. Yeah, you are a big part of her story. So, so Erin, like, I was kind of wanting to start out with like, are you an only child? Are there more of you guys? Well, I mean, before we go there, what is your name? Like Erin, is that it? What what's your name name? Like my whole name? Yeah. What's your name? Well, the name given to me at birth was Aaron Ann Riley. Okay. Was um, Riley your last name, right? Yes, it was my maiden last name. Okay. That Aaron was Ann. The last one on the three, so that usually means it's the last name. Well, y- y- in the South, Sean, <laughs> Ann Riley could be hyphenated. I need you to understand that right now. It could have been Aaron Ann Riley and then a last name, okay? So don't. Wouldn't it be more Aaron Ann if it was hyphenated than Ann Riley? No. Not with this new generation. Let's post this to a mom's group. We ask this question. They're going to say, oh, no, that hyphenated name would have definitely been Ann Riley. We'll make a poll on Facebook. I don't want to, Sean. I want you to assume I'm right. Uh, I can do it myself. Okay, fine, fine. Put your little poll and see if your men friend responds. Men friends are not going to respond. Okay, so. Okay. 
Aaron Ann Riley Knight. <laughs> okay. It's now Aaron Riley Knight. I dropped the Ann. So. Okay. I like that. Aaron Riley Knight. Yeah. So that's yeah. my name now. Okay. Well, cool. Well, so your parents met and they made babies or at least one baby, which was you. So can you kind of give us a background <laughs> with that? Yeah. So my father and my mother were married one time prior before they met each other. They each had one son separately. Oh, wow. And then when they got together, they had my sister and then they had me. So I have two brothers and one sister. Okay. So you're the baby. I am. You're the baby. Okay. So what is the age difference between you and your sister? 14 months. Oh, okay. Now, my, you know what? Me and my brother were only 13 months apart. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah, it is very close. In fact, I thought he was my twin growing up. Like, I was like, oh, we're twins. We like (laughs) telling people that and tricking them. Your brothers, how much older are they? Well, my oldest is 46. Okay. Sorry. And then my other brother is four years older than me. Oh, okay. And you are how old? 28. Yeah, I'm jealous. Everyone, I'm jealous because I am borderline 41. Yeah, I'm not 28 <laughs> or anything close to it. Um, okay, so you're the baby. And then um, what would you say life was like for you? Like, what what are some things from a young age that you kind of... Well, what's your foundation, Erin? What um, was her early home life? Is that what you're yeah. asking? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the question, Sean. Thank you. What would yeah. I do without you? Talk a lot. Okay, well. You do that with me, though. Offensive. So. You're right. Okay. (laughs) So my early childhood actually started out like your normal childhood would. Okay. I had my father and my mother. They Mm -hmm. were married. Um, Sorry, my father was a very strict Catholic businessman. Oh, wow. Um, He was a workaholic, always working, providing for his family, disciplining us. Um, just very stable, good man. Okay. Um, my mother, I didn't realize at the early stages of life that she was mentally ill and oh, a drug man. addict. Um, I don't know why my dad ended up with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. But at first it was normal, but then there was a bunch of instability with my mother always disappearing. Um or she would be high and we wouldn't understand. Or then it got to the point where she'd chase my dad around the house with knives and he'd lock oh. us in rooms. Oh and Lord. Like to keep you safe. Like he was locking yeah. you in rooms. Oh yeah, my gosh. She would attack him in front of us. And we were so little that we couldn't open doors. Wow. Um, especially like we had condos at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And those doors are heavy. And for some reason, whenever we would go, she would be completely strung out and high. Oh, no. Trying to take us off. And he'd try to prevent it, and then she'd attack him. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine how scary that would be. Yeah. Honestly. Like, for him to deal with that, and for you guys as kids to witness that and not really understand. So, about how old do you think you were, like, during some of these times? It was probably since I was a baby, until I was five. I mean, he put up Whoa. with a lot of stuff. And, yeah. I mean, she would disappear and not come home for weeks. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, that's... whenever she'd say, hey, I'll be right back, she never would come back. 
Wow. And so, you know, it got to the point where my dad was just loading us in a car at night and driving around looking for our mother. And sometimes he'd find her and we'd be at a hotel, well, a motel, Mm -hmm. and she'd be standing on the balcony naked, strung out of her mind with a bunch of men around her. So there was one situation where my dad was finally like, girls, that's your mother right there. So he was just like honest, like this is who she is. You need to, you need to realize that. So do you remember like in that moment how you felt? I just was like, I remember in those situations I was having anxiety. Yeah. Because I thought she was being hurt by these men. I didn't know what drugs were. Yeah. So I would beg her to come with us Mm -hmm. and like just cry my eyes out. My sister would be and. But she, my dad would give her the opportunity to come with us. Your mom, I mean, she probably was, in her mind, she was living the time of her life. She thought she was having a good time, I'm assuming, when she was with these men and strung out. And you're begging her to come home, and she doesn't, she she probably just couldn't get herself to come home. Um, so, how, like, how did your dad act? Was he, I mean, I can't even imagine I don't know, because he used to, before it progressed and got worse throughout the years, he would let us sit up and wait for her to be home. Oh, wow. Because we would want her to put us to bed. So he'd be like, you can wait for your mom. And we'd literally sit there waiting on top of, we had a two-story house. There was Mm -hmm. like a balcony thing inside. Yeah. And we'd be waiting for her to come and... Eventually, he'd be like, okay, honey, well, we got to go to bed now. And so he just kind of just went with it, you know? Yeah. And I can't imagine, like, as a little kid, you're going to bed and, like, you're left with these thoughts. Like, is my mom going to come home? Or when is she going to come home? That's a lot for a small child to deal with. Yeah. So you said, was your dad in your life till you, you mentioned the fighting happened until it was about five years old? So, basically, what happened was she, um, there were times when she would leave us in cars in the middle of winter and go off in, like, diapers and go off to her drug dealers, and then, you know, no one could find us, so my my dad was looking for us everywhere, and he couldn't find us, from what I understand, and she apparently got arrested because she stole the prescription pad from her doctor and was writing prescriptions for people outside of the pharmacy. That wasn't very bright. They called the police. She got arrested and wouldn't tell anyone where we were until they bailed her out of jail. (gasps) So she like used you as leverage to get out of jail. Several Because then she said, well, it's all about them. It's not about me you know, would get mad that people weren't more concerned with her when they didn't know where her young children were. Yeah. Do you feel like her mental health issues were so bad that um, she really just didn't know how to parent appropriately? Or do you think it was a combination with maybe the drugs too? I'm not really sure. I just know that my mom is very sick mentally and has been my whole life. Yeah. I know that mental illness runs in both sides of my family. So I do believe the mental illness contributed to her drug addiction. Yeah, I, I definitely. I, I just have one that. question. Is your mom, is she still alive or is she? She's still alive, yes. Okay. And she still struggles like to this day in your, in, from what you've seen? 
Yeah, I haven't had contact with her because as we get further into the story, you'll understand. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense. Well, we don't want to jump ahead too much, yeah. so you're good. Um, and so also, you had mentioned to me uh, just the other day, and so I know we're going to do a tiny well, backtrack. I was saying to go along with where we were going right there. We oh. talked about your mom and your dad, but um, did your dad, did I, I may have missed it. Did your dad go away at some point? My dad never went away. My dad passed away, but. Oh. So he finally decided that he was just done with my mother. Like there was just, she stole, um, he had a company and it was actually selling ma- manufactured homes. Okay. And she was stealing the customer's information <gasps> and th- th- it just blew up. So he was like, you know what? I'm over this. He, I'm sorry, I had a hanging nail, so I made a face. I'm so sorry. No, I'm sorry, guys. I thought she meant I can't like... multitask sometimes. No. It wasn't you. It was me. It was a hanging nail. Okay, I'm sorry. So back to your dad and the manufactured homes, and your mom yes. is totally stealing the customer information. Yeah, so she finally, he just had it. He was tired of it. So he decided to just move us to Jacksonville, North Carolina, Okay, away wow. from her. That's where my family's from. We don't, I only lived there very briefly, but I liked it. <laughs> but um, so we moved there. He let us pick the house. Me and about my sister. About how old were you? I was about five. Okay, okay. So we moved there, and it was normal. He was coaching our softball teams. He was carpooling us. Wow. Like he was always there. Made sure he got off work in time to be a single dad. You know, he had a fiance. You know, he or a girlfriend and he was doing really well. And then he had to go to the doctor, you know, several times. And I guess the years he spent chasing after my mother, he didn't focus on his health and he was older than my mother. Okay. So he ended up, um, getting diagnosed with stage four cancer. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Um, And you guys are little girls, little girls. And he was the only family we really had. We had our grandmother, my mom's mom, but, um, but you know, my dad was stability. My Yeah. So we found out he had cancer. And I just remember after the appointment, he was crying. And he was trying not to in front of us, obviously. Yeah. But I asked him, I said, what's wrong? And mm-hmm. he's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I was like, well, do you have to be cut open? Because as yeah. a five-year-old, you don't really think about cancer. You just yeah. think, oh, a surgery and you'll mm-hmm. be fine. He's like something like that. Oh, wow. So then two weeks later, we end up moving in with my grandma, my mother's mom. Now, did your dad move you guys in with him or did he move as well? He moved in with his girlfriend because he went on hospice. And then he, he went on hospice within two weeks of finding out. Yeah, he had oh, it had eaten him Lord. up. He turned was turning yellow. Like it just was oh, awful. Oh my gosh. It just was instant. So he went on hospice. And then we moved in with my grandma and then, you know, that's my mom's mom and she enabled my mother. My mother was living there too. Okay. But, um, so, you know, he, his cancer progressed pretty rapidly. And then the last time I saw him was two days was Valentine's day. Okay. And he was, he had a lot. My dad was a very tall, big man. Yeah. And. I like big men. I'm just <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. But he had lost a lot of weight very oh rapidly. Oh, my gosh. And I just think back to it because he died two days later. This last time I ever saw him. 
But he Damn. literally like came down the stairs walking himself pretending like he was fine so that we didn't get scared. I think about it now. Whoa. And I realize that's what he was doing. But he didn't want our last memory of him to be him sick and us scared. Yeah. So I saw him. But then that night, my mom would always feed me stuff about my dad. I didn't understand what was going on. And he called. And the last thing I said to him was, I hate you. (gasps) Oh, Oh, sweet Jesus. So have you... That's a lot. That's a lot. As a five-year-old, the last thing I said to my father, as I realized, as I get older, was, I hate you. So... That would have been, I can, I imagine you've beat yourself up for that quite a bit over the years, but I do have to say as a parent that if my, if that had been the last thing my five-year-old said to me, I would have known that they really loved me and I would have also been smart enough to know how your mom was. So, but that would be, I'm sure that has been very difficult throughout your life. Yeah. That's something that I. You know, I have a lot of remorse for. Yeah, but I mean, you were five. You were not 28-year-old. A 28-year-old Aaron would deal with it differently. Yeah, probably yeah. would have been way more grateful. And I am grateful for the time I had him in my life because I right? at least knew some sort of stability at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that that time in the past, like when you remember being left in diapers in the car like that, um, and your mom's just gone and they're waiting for bail. How long were you guys in that car, do you think? I think it was like 24 hours. Good. It was overnight. Whoa. They found the car because it was in this neighborhood that my mom had acquaintances with. Yeah. Eventually, but they literally went from door to door, banging on the doors of everybody, and they found us. Looking for two small children. I mean, that yeah. is... I can't, I just, do you have, you don't have memory of that or do you? No, I don't have memory of that, but I do, um, I have like memory as I get older of the more stuff she does, but yeah, yeah, I those, can see that. Cause I have the only real memory I have of around that time was when my sister, she was very young and she had gotten a hold of something and overdosed as a little kid and was in the hospital. Was it like your mom's medicine or no? No one is clear as to what it was. Okay. I just remember my dad holding my hand and me looking at my sister being very worried about her. Wow. In the hospital. But that's all, that's my biggest memory from my childhood. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big one. So, um, um, Let's see. One thing I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to go back. I'm sorry. There's a lot. And we have so much to unpack here. So uh, one thing you mentioned to me yesterday on the phone, which I found really interesting and I thought might would add a little bit to your story here, too, as well, as if you don't have enough to, <laughs> to oh talk gosh, about. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's a lot. But that's fine. Um, one of your grandfathers was a Catholic priest. Yes. My dad's dad was a Catholic priest. Oh, say, so that's OK. I meant so that is why your dad ended up being a a very um well was know. it was it on his side yeah she said it was his it was her dad oh, yeah i'm just missing it was, okay it yeah Sorry. but here's the deal <laughs> catholic priests don't make babies normally no so they he don't. had a baby with somebody so he how had a did a bunch this... of babies oh sweet jesus so how did um <laughs> so uh, do priests do they normally keep a vow of celibacy some of celibacy some of them he do. Was, yeah, he was Catholic. Oh, yeah. he was supposed to be celibate. Well, see, my grandpa was had mental illness, okay. and he was an alcoholic. So he ended up in Holly Hill. Yeah, and he met my grandmother, who was a nurse at Holly Hill, okay. and then they 
fell in love, got married, and had a bunch of kids. Wow. Wow. So your dad was one of those kids. Uh, Yeah, he was. So he was a former Catholic priest. Well, he was. better to say. Yeah, he was former, but when he died... He was way older than my grandma. When he died, the Catholic Church said, you have to denounce your family. You cannot see them again, or you will go to hell. So, so did he, he, den- he denounced my father, and my dad just had a big problem with the Catholic Church up until right before he died, like what the last the year. I mean, I do, I, I never really been in the Catholic religion but that just seems very extreme to tell a human being you have to forget about your entire family just so you can I think the be okay roles, with us to go to heaven. That is, the leadership roles are a lot different, though, yeah, in the Catholic yeah, he Church. He wasn't a leader at that point. I mean, heck, if you're a Protestant around here and you get a divorce, <laughs> you can't be preaching in that church if you're married to a second wife. Now, that is so rare, though. <laughs> it is anybody... rare, but it does happen. But, I mean, different religions definitely have different um, ways of handling I things. I think we'll he died that. in the Policies. 70s or the 80s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was around that time because he was way older and my dad was in his 20s. My dad died when he was like 45. Wow, wow. So That's a definitely young death. Yeah, so wow. Okay, so now we're going to... Sean, if you don't <laughs> shut that pie hole, I done spent three days in the hospital and now you're trying to kill me off at 45? I didn't say anything about you dying at 45. You just added like, you're, you're just, close, honey. You're real you know, close. You're not that far away from the age of which, you know, we're talking about. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on, because I'm thinking about smashing those glasses <laughs> off his little face right now. Go yes. get your cane and you can yeah. probably reach Oh, them. shoot. I know you didn't. The cane is in the, it's in the garage just in case because we got a gimpy leg. But we'll, we're not going to focus on me today, Sean. No, we're not. Okay. So, <laughs> I know our audience is probably like, God, what is wrong with those people? ADHD much? I think our audience knows exactly what's wrong with us. Okay, maybe. But, so, officially your dad dies. Is there a funeral or anything like that? Is there an unofficially part of that? You say officially Well, I mean, he... Does. Okay, no, there was not an unofficial part. Okay, but your 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 dad passes. Do you remember like going to a funeral or anything, or not really anything like that? There was a funeral, but my mom had it engraved in my head not to go. Oh man, my sister went, and my grandpa grandpa sorry my grandmother took her. Okay, um, okay. I had the option to go, but I wouldn't go because my mom didn't go. Okay, and as a five year old, that makes sense. That does yeah. make sense. So then but. what was your life like after that? Because you went from crazy mixed with stability to stability to kind of, I mean, I don't mean offense by this, but you were literally kind of tossed right back into unknown. quite the world of the unknown. You don't know. And it, was, and it was probably crazy again. Yeah. So a lot of bad things started to happen, like, after my father's death. Okay. Um. I don't even know where to begin with this, honestly. So you can just go with what hits you first, and, and if we kind of scoot around, it's fine. So I don't want to go into too much detail about this, because it's not just my story to tell. Yeah. But during that time, there was some inappropriate touching happening 
to mm-hmm. me when from when I was very young. Like younger than five? Yeah, it started out younger than five. Okay. It was whenever I would go see my grandmother. Okay. And it was, a, I'm assuming, a family member or a neighbor? It was, it was just one person was influencing okay. other people. Okay. Um, but as a four-year-old and... Everything, my mom and dad never told me that people can't touch you in that area. Yeah, they probably had, I mean, I think most parents try to have that conversation, but they probably had so much going on with their own stuff. Also, four. Yeah, they. I mean, four is. It's it's complicated. You don't expect anybody to do that to your child. But it's also just one thing that always messed with me psychologically as I got older, that when I was being inappropriate touched, like it. I, in a way, enjoyed it. Does And you know what? I recently heard from someone that had experienced sexual trauma. And there's actually a lot of guilt associated with the fact that our bodies respond. Yeah. And that's just a fact. Even it, when it doesn't mean yeah. that you are enjoying it. It is just a natural thing that our bodies respond, whether okay. we want them to or not. Yeah, because I, I didn't know what that was and because yeah. I was so young. But so anyways, I didn't think it was bad, even though I was uncomfortable because I was thinking, oh, well, this doesn't hurt. So yeah, yeah. it's not wrong. And I then can understand that. They were, you know, telling us that it needed to be called the closet game and it was oh, yeah. only between us and... It's, we can't do it anymore if this, and I just really, you know, as I got older, suffered with the fact that, you know, I had grief over it as I got older, and I was, every time it would happen, I'd be ashamed afterwards. Yeah, yeah. As a little kid, but I couldn't talk about it, and then I was embarrassed to talk about it, even though I didn't know it was wrong, because I felt like it was. I think anything sometimes dealing with sex or sexual things can be very difficult to talk about, especially if you're not taught what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And they're just, sometimes there's just a sense of shame. I mean, there just is, um, you know, there's, there's things I've, you know, never want, there's, there's things nobody ever wants to talk about with other people because it's awkward. It's just like, no, that doesn't, I don't want to talk about that. That's weird. I'm going to keep this to myself. So, um, I guess, Oh, go ahead. So I guess that stopped whenever you went to Jacksonville with your dad, right? Yeah, it stopped. Well, no, because my grandmother had every other weekend visitation with us still. Okay. So it was still happening, but it wasn't as much. What I was thinking was, you know, dad's gone now, you're going back. So I didn't know if there was like a pause, you know, it happened, didn't happen. And now you're thrust back into that situation with your grandmother's house and... Yeah, it was just horrible, but I just, I don't know. I just wanted to make it clear that just because your body responds a certain way to being, you're not, it's not your fault. You don't, it's not, you're approving of it. Yeah, you're not asking for welcoming. Yeah. Exactly, and I think a lot of people need to know and hear that because I needed to hear it, but I never did. And then you just felt guilt probably for a very long time when, when there wasn't, you really didn't need to feel guilt because none of that was your fault. Yes, exactly. And I just, people just feel ashamed because of that. And 
You don't need to. It's Yeah, I definitely get that. So now when you moved back home with your mom and your grandma and your dad has passed, did that pick up quite a bit where where it was much more than in the past? Yeah, it was pretty more frequent. Okay, okay. Um, and what age do you think you were when it stopped, or did you ever try to tell anyone? I didn't tell anyone until I was in a group home when I was 12. Okay, okay. Um, but then the statues of limitation were passed. Yeah. So they they couldn't do anything with it, and my grandma didn't pursue anything because something else had happened. And yeah. Is the person that, that did these things, are they still alive? Um. Well, one of them is, yes. Okay. But the main one who I feel like instigated everything and manipulated yeah. people um, is no longer here. Okay. It's almost like I wish that I could Google that statue of limitations and just bust his chops or her chops or whoever's chops. I just want to bust some chops. But that's just me wanting to defend <laughs> someone from even that long ago. It's fine. So... Um, what else, what kind of other things, um, well, do you have? Just oh, tell us ahead. about moving back in with your grandmother. Yeah. yeah. So my grandmother was severely mentally ill. Clearly that's a pattern in my family. Um, our house was condemnable. It had black mold. Whoa. It had holes in the ceiling. We had buckets scattered throughout the whole house catching water. Um, my grandmother convinced us that our water did not work. So we did not have running water, but we finding out later on that we did. Uh, Um, So what did you do for water? She would turn, she'd go outside and turn it on. But she would say that the bill was too high because there were leaks all over the house under there. But then when our uncle went, he was a builder and a plumber and everything. He kept checking and telling her there's nothing wrong. So we eventually found out there was really nothing wrong the whole time. Oh my goodness. So, so did you take showers and baths? She would turn it on like twice a week and we would shower. But if we wanted to flush a toilet, she would put water in a bucket and we'd have to pour it in the toilet to yeah. flush it. Yeah. And how old were you like from from the time you're living there until about what age did you deal with that? Well, that started when we were about Probably like 10 when that got bad. Oh, wow. Before that, it was fine because her mother was still alive. Okay. But after her mother died and then, you know, her father and everything, just it went downhill quickly. And the house was always infested with fleas before that. Oh, my gosh. Like we had like flea bites covering our whole legs. I would go to school sometimes and be sitting there and a flea would jump off me and kids would be like, what was that that just jumped off you? Oh, that's so embarrassing. It would be. And, you know, so embarrassing, but it was out of your control. Like there was nothing. It wasn't something you could control. No, but, you know, and she wouldn't do anything about it. And so, I mean, I didn't, there was, I didn't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. that well, and if you don't know any different either, if this is all, you know, I like, I don't know. I mean, that's well, she's very strange because if I would ever get close to a female, like around my age, she would cons- like say that I was a lesbian and just tell my whole family that I am a lesbian and I like women because what? I'm. Yeah, she would do that. Like, you couldn't even have a BFF? You couldn't have a best friend because you might be a lesbian? 
No, she told my sister and everyone, like, she locked my, well, I won't talk about her story, but anyways, yeah, she told people that oh I was a lesbian, and, and I was, you know, I always have preferred men, but yeah, yeah. nothing wrong if I were, but she I, treated me weird because of it. Yeah, did she, um, did, I mean, you don't have to tell your sister's story, but do you feel like she ever accused your sister? She never accused my sister, but she was more controlling with my sister. Wow, that just yeah. makes you wonder what in the world was going through her head to make her treat one. Well, she already said mental illness. So. Yeah, I guess you can't justify everything no. with that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, I just want you to know if you like girls and guys, it's okay here. It completely <laughs> is. Well, I'm just completely. saying. I would so just crazy. say she's married to Matt, so I'm hoping that, you know, well, she that don't mean she Matt is not attracted least. to both, Sean. That's not how that works, but just an FYI. I was trying to steer that ship back, you know. It's fine. We're going to steer it right back. I'm just making a point. I'm just making a valid point that sometimes <laughs> people like both, and they end up with one, and that. It's fine. That's normal. You know, I like guys. I don't mean I'm with 20. I found one. He's good. He's like, hey, <laughs> I'm nothing, done. nothing wrong with liking the same sex or opposite sex. Yeah. My grandma a... was just out there. Paranoid. Different. Yeah. yeah. Very paranoid. So I'm going to guess then you didn't have sleepovers at your house or go to other places a lot. No, but as I got older and she didn't turn the heat on in the house and there would only there was only one room with one stove that she would occasionally it was a gas stove and yeah. it would come on yeah. and she'd be like put extra clothes on, put blankets on. Oh my god. Stand in front of this small stove and me and my sister would take turns sitting in front of it. Oh my god. Uh, then I just started pushing back because I as I got older I just couldn't live like that anymore. Yeah. So that's crazy. So she would push back. She wouldn't let me around girls, but she let me have boyfriends. Like I couldn't have a girl that was my friend because yeah. then she would say I was a lesbian. But you could have an actual, I could have an actual boyfriend. She would let me spend the night with boys at 15 years old. But not but, a girl. But no girls. And I, there was never anything going on with me between a female. I just wanted friends and I couldn't have I them. I cannot even fathom that because most people, it's the complete opposite. Like, yes, girls, stick with your tribe, have your girlfriends. But heck no, don't you get near a boy with a 10 foot pole, mm. you know, because you're going to get pregnant, you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, that, so that is wild to even comprehend. And it's so interesting to hear someone's story and, and it be like that because it just kind of floors you yeah. um wow wow that's just that's a lot do you have any questions right now sean that are brewing in your listening. brain just keep going yeah <laughs> that's that's wild um so your mom is in the home during all this time not so right after my father dies after the funeral my mom gets me and my sister. Uh -huh. My grandma has custody, remember, and she, my mom's not supposed to be taking us off without. Oh, so you're, you're, I didn't realize that your grandmother actually has custody legally. Yeah, my of you guys. my dad signed it over to my grandma before he died, because he did not want my mom to have right, custody. Right, right, right. So after the funeral, my gr my mom gets me and my sister. It packs us up and takes us to a hotel in Raleigh. And then Older. the next day, she drives us to the airport, and we board a plane, and we go to the Bahamas. Don't know where that came from. This was in the middle of wow. a school year. Like, wow. 
you know, so we go to the Bahamas and we end up at this like elaborate resort. It's so nice. What? Yeah, I you'll figure it out later. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh-oh. So we get there and the first few days are fine. She's acting a little weird, you know, but five-year-olds don't understand what drugs are. Then it gets to the point where she starts leaving us with this babysitter kind of daycare at the resort. And it started what? to get to the point where she left us with them so much that one of the nannies kind of just became our regular personal nanny while we were there. Wow. This is so bizarre. Now, how, how, long, how, are, yeah, yeah. how long are you there? I, I don't even know. I, we lost track of time. So like, it wasn't just a week. No, she was on a bender. Like, she was there. What? She was high. She was running around. Um, she would leave us overnight at this daycare, and the nannies there would end up taking us home after trying to call her because she wouldn't show up. Dude. Oh, my gosh. And so we just never knew if someone was going to come back and get us or if we were. We just didn't know what was going on ever because no one ever told us. Good so, Lord. So finally she got um, she got with a, this rich man who owned this yacht and she started spending all of his time with her with him, I mean. And then it became just a regular thing for her to go off with him. But then one day we were walking with her mom and all of a sudden she takes off running. Doesn't warn us. And me and my sister are like, Mom, where are you going? And like calling after her and like screaming for her. And she just, we're running after her. Oh my gosh. She's just booking it and we can't catch up with her. She just leaves us in the middle of the this place. We don't in a different country. Oh my gosh. And do you remember how old you were approximately here? It was right after my dad died. So like five five years old. Oh my gosh. But my grandmother, our whole life told us to memorize her phone number in case of an emergency. I still remember that phone number until this day. So we went up to an adult and said, can you please call this number? And then they called our grandmother and then the Bohemian Social Services were alerted, and they said that if you do not come and get these children, we are taking them into custody, and we're putting them into our system here because this this cannot continue because the hotel kept making phone calls. My mom wasn't paying her bill oh, and staying. Oh, my goodness. So it ended up into this big ordeal where finally the hotel had a bunch of security guards banging on the hotel door, and my mom was just wailing, saying, they're here to take our, my children. They're here to take my children. And we didn't understand what that meant. We just thought people were trying to kidnap us. Oh, my, yeah, that would be, like, so scary. Because we As didn't understand. And then finally, I can't remember what happened after this, but then my grandma hired her attorney's husband, who was a private investigator, to fly up here to the Bahamas and get us and bring us back to, you know, North Carolina. yeah. So he does, and then he ends up leaving my mom at a bank in Virginia randomly, and we don't even know that he's leaving our mom there, and she asks to be there, then he drives us back to North Carolina, and we wake up, and our mom's gone again, and we're like, well, where is she? So I assume he brought her back as well. Yeah, she got kicked out of the Bahamas. They said, you have to leave. Like, the government? I I believe so. That's what my grandma told me. (laughs) They're like, you cannot be here. 
Because she was doing... Your vacation is over. I don't even... I can't even tell you how long we were there, but it was a long time. Wow. I, I just can't... Like, the whole... That whole thing. That's like something out of a movie. Erin, your your life might be made for a movie. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, really. I mean, little five-year-olds in the Bahamas, they're running, trying to find their mama. Social services gets involved, and then your mom gets kicked out of the Bahamas. It makes me wonder. She like, went right back after that, too, though. She went back yeah, to the Bahamas? Yeah, and she got arrested, and it was a Oh, big my gosh. It just was always something with her. So, What were you saying it makes you wonder, Sean? Like, if a, if a child is... In another country like that, they're American citizens. Like, do they go does into the America somehow extradite them? their children, or do they just stay there I, if nobody's there? Like, if your grandmother hadn't uh, stepped in, yeah, I don't what? know the answer to that because I didn't think the problem existed. <laughs> I mean, there's every. <laughs> I mean, more I likely everything's happened, but I, I yeah. mean, that just, I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm watching a, a movie that's wild. like sitting here. Yeah. So that's crazy. So, okay. So that was insanely crazy. So now you're, you're back home. You're with grandma again. And, um, so yeah, what, what in life you've kind of explained what life was like with grandma. Mm-hmm. So it's my understanding too, that part of your, of your past, um, the, Am I right to say were you were you introduced to drugs at an early age or no? Yes. Um, so the periods of time um, where it was just me living with my mother from after I got out of the group home, which was about fourteen, I um, my mom would crush up pills and put them in my drink and wouldn't tell me. Oh wow! And. I caught her doing it one time. Yeah. And so, you know, that was my introduction to drugs was pain medication. Uh, So she was putting pain meds in your drink? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know why? She said that she just wanted me to go to sleep throughout the night and relax throughout the day because she didn't feel well and didn't feel like going out anywhere. So... She was literally giving you this. It was Valium, yeah. So that you, more than one at a time? I don't know how many she was crushing up, but it was enough that it would knock me out. So would you sleep like through the night and then some of the day? She would give it to me during the day as well and at night. Oh my God. So that's insane. So we got to backtrack some then because you did mention a group home. What? Well, you mentioned you got to a point after the heater situation that you were done. You know, you just started pushing back, as you said. Yeah. So, well, the group home was before that. Um, But I'm trying to think. I just remember from before the group home. Yeah. From a young age, my mom used to tell me that, you know, your face would be perfect if your nose didn't have a hump in it. Oh, my Jeez. God. If you just got this place right here, you know, just filed down. Oh, my God. you would be pretty. Or when I was in second grade, this is the first time I ever even acknowledged body weight. Yeah. I got out of the bathtub and my mom was like, and they had just prescribed me Adderall for ADHD. It's when yeah. it first came out. So I lost a bunch of weight. 
because I just wasn't hungry. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad they gave you that. I wasn't going to tell you anything, but you were just about to get to the point of no return with your weight. Oh, my gosh. And you're in the second grade and you're hearing, like, body shaming. Like, all the time. Like, it's your nose. Like, it's just always been my nose and my weight. From a young age. I mean, the nose, too. Like, I... Did she basically say you're not pretty because of your nose? Yeah. She said you would be probably one of the most beautiful girls if you just did not have that hump in your nose. I cannot imagine a family member saying that to me or saying that to one of my children. You know, I just, I cannot even imagine. Honestly, I think you're beautiful and everyone that has seen your, your picture, um, I think they, they say the same thing. So I've never noticed up in your nose ever do you still do you struggle because of those comments early on yes because my grandmother always used to tell my sister and i that we'll never be as skinny as our cousins oh my god that our body is just not biologically made to be thin good lord so i'm not going to talk about my sister's struggles but it did affect us both yeah um however i had an eating disorder from a young age um I was, I think, like 125 pounds at like almost six foot. That is very thin for someone yeah. that's six foot. I was a teenager yeah. and recently a part of my drug addiction was anorexia because I do struggle so bad with my self-image still because I don't even like pictures taken of my face sometimes because I'm afraid that people will notice that hump that's like in I said, my I've nose. I've never noticed it. Never. My nose is crooked. Don't it's, stare too long. No, don't stare too long. I don't want you to look at it. Well, but it I, is. But I own the fact that... I can, I can legitimately say, as long as I've known you, I have never once for a split second considered your nose to be abnormal in no, any not way in whatsoever. Any way. There's not even a hump. I don't even it see It just a looks like your face. I mean... Yeah. It, and I've always thought you were beautiful from day one. So I'd hope... I hope that when you leave tonight, you can actually remember and think, you know, they didn't notice that stuff about me. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, and and on the the, the nose issue, um, she had even seen a plastic surgeon at one point, and they said they would not file it down, that they would not do it. Yeah, you look Which is a great thing. Good for them. She looks great. I went to two plastic surgeons and begged them to fix my nose and both of them refused but that's how serious when you get body shamed by your mother because I literally have a problem with my nose and my you know my nose and my body weight now because ever since I was little my mom but I thought that was normal you know I thought oh my mom's just trying to help me I trust her like she would not lie to me because she wants the best for me yeah so I just, people think I'm insane because I'm always like, oh, I'm just, I feel like I'm so, you know, my weight and my nose and. But it's anyway. because of what you were taught about yourself. Yeah. In a, in a sense. I mean, you were, you were, it was really ingrained in you from a young age. Yeah. And my mom taught me how to be bulimic and she taught me how to make she, myself whoa, whoa, throw whoa. up. Hold up. She taught you how to do it. Yes. Like how to vomit to stay thin. Yes. Like, how old were you when she taught you this? My, I used to, my mom used to do it. Okay. And then when I got older 
I was around like 14 when I started bulimia and anorexia. Whoa. Whoa. And my mom would restrict my food. And basically I would eat like a salad a day with nothing on it but like a tablespoon of ranch dressing. And I lost a lot of weight. And then I would eat two chicken grilled wraps after that for a long time. That's all I would eat. That literally sounds like hell to me because food is one of my favorite <laughs> things in the world. And it, it literally sounds like hell. It really was hard. But then it was like if I would even eat, I would have to make myself sick. Or if I started eating, I'd binge eat. And then I'd have to spend a long time in the bathroom making myself throw up to the point where my chest hurt so bad. Oh, my word. That I could not really breathe. Jeez. But it just was like a cycle, and I even struggled with it during my drug addiction. It was, you know, I, it, it's, it's like being clean off drugs, being, you know, healing from your eating disorder. Yeah. You can relapse with that as well. Oh, I could totally how, see that. How young when you started? You said your mom taught it to you. She was 14 I when was her mom 14. started. I oh, started dieting okay. and restricting at 12. 12. And was she good with that? Like, your mom was cool with you? She knew you were dieting and restricting? She did. Is Mm -hmm. that the salad a day time The salad thing, yeah. My mom. So she was giving you that. Yeah, but, I mean, at that time when I lived with her, she had a man living with her who had um, MS. Okay, yeah. He was bedridden and very, he was very verbally abusive to me. And my sister, he just was so jealous. He said, if y'all weren't around, my relationship with your mother would be better. Wow. But as he got more sick, my mom started having an affair with the man who lived behind our house. Oh. So she would sneak off to be with him at night. I'd be in a dead sleep in my room, and this man would, bless his heart, would be wobbling in there and start screaming and throwing things at me, saying that I know where my mom is and... Oh, my gosh. This is bizarre. I know we keep jumping everywhere. No, it's okay. It's okay. Because it's it's quite the story, honestly. Because for anyone that was raised around here and and, or anywhere, I mean, you can be raised anywhere. And you just had, like, a typical upbringing. Like, you know, we see our little problems. We're like, oh, yeah, I remember that time my mom wouldn't give me $5 to go to the store. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, it's time for us to shut our pie holes because good... God, I mean, this is this is a lot to take in. Well, I mean, with that man, there was a one point where they were high. She got him hooked on drugs. Oh, wow. And he pulled a gun at, on me, a oh, shotgun. A shotgun? Yes. And you're a young teenager. I was 12. You were 12. And he told me he was paranoid on crack. And he said that if I don't leave the house, I'm coming in between him and my mother because she's spending more time with me that he's going to blow my head off. Um, I'd be scared. Yeah. I'd be Holy so scared. I was Shit. 12. <laughs> I know. But like, what how? is that? If somebody said that to me now, I'm almost 41. I'd be like, 
What, um, the, well, what, what can we do? A show of hands. How many people have had an actual loaded gun pointed at them? Wait, this is I'm real. hopeful. It, well, I don't know if it was loaded. I'm assuming it was because oh, he was crazed. Re- regardless. Regardless. A firearm with the intent of a threat. I was 12, though, so that was never. I've <laughs> never had that happen to me. Well, That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure out of the four of us <laughs> in this room, three of us have never, never. encountered that situation. Well, the happened. thing about that when Good it Lord. happened was, I forgot, it just was an escalating situation and so I locked myself in my room yeah and I I think Facebook had just begun at this time yeah so I messaged that makes me feel old I I know well she is younger than us yeah I mean (laughs) I messaged one of my house moms from my group home and I said can you please call the police and my grandma oh my gosh and so I sent the address and the police came out there and called my grandma she showed up and um the police came because I wasn't about to leave the room. I'm sure they could have gotten in if they really had wanted to. Yeah. But I didn't have a cell phone then because 12-year-olds didn't have cell phones in that time. Yeah, yeah. Really. So, anyways, the police get there. My grandma's there. And then I'm walking out and my mom says, I hope you die. Did they what? arrest him? No. Mm-mm. Was he there still? He was there, yeah. But he, see, the thing about him is he had MS. So care. he was very like wobbly and yeah, that's really who you want pointing the gun at you. Easier to arrest and throw yeah. in the back of a police car for crying. I don't. I, I, sometimes our systems are a little broken. I'm just baffled. He pulled a and, gun on a twelve. You know what? They may not have believed the twelve year old. They may have thought, oh, he's sick. Still, he's got a problem. No, he didn't he's do on it. Crack. He's yeah, they. Right? There's a lot that happens though that you're right, you're gets right, you're shoved right. under I'm the rug. Just, rug. So. So, um, I don't know, did we get to how we ended up in the group home earlier? I guess I went back to the part where my mom was talking about my body image, which made me internalize everything and hate myself. Yeah, yeah. So, I ended up meeting this girl, and she was a little older than me. Okay. And she... I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I was accused of that, too, with this one. I'm sure you were. I couldn't have girlfriends. Just a friend, Grandma. I just wanted friends. (laughs) Why do you... Because she she would be so verbally I'm going to need you to pretend you have a penis. Okay? I need you to pretend to be a man. (laughs) We can be friends if you're a man. She seriously, one time, just to sneak out when I was a teenager, I had this guy that went to school with me just come pick me up and drop me off at a Starbucks and say I was spending the night at his house when I wasn't. And I had, like, one of my mom's old friends who was relatively normal. I just had her come pick me up, and I had to lie and say that I was staying the night with a guy. With a guy to get to stay with, with a, that is this like, woman because I wanted like to be around her because she was nurturing and stuff. I just, I just Wanted want to put a mind blowing emoji across the whole title of this episode <laughs> because I, I swear, Aaron, you have been through it, and and it's so sad that you just really wanted nurturing. Yeah, you just wanted love, and and. I mean, what child doesn't? I mean, that's what. Yeah. I mean, as we raise our children, that's what we hope is 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 what we're giving them is just a nurturing, safe environment. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Dern, 
I don't even know. Okay, so yeah, you can like just go on everywhere. People probably no, won't be able to follow this. Oh no, they'll oh, no, be fine. It's, it's fine. Oh yeah. no, they'll be fine. I always tell people there's a pause button because we go really long with these, and you can listen to it more than once. Too. You can all yeah, you can totally listen right. more than once, but you can pause it and come back later. So I'll try to stay on a consistent. You're thing. good. You're good. So, Seriously, do not worry about it. It's yeah, so much you're to good. Unpack. There's I met no way to put this, this girl. In okay, and yes. she kind. This was. She was kind of what you would call an emo back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she self-mutilated. Oh, man. She had so much going on in her personal life, and we were talking about it, and I was like, I just don't know. She was the first person I could really be real with about myself. And she was self-mutilating, and I started Mm self-mutilating. Like, she... What, What age range is this? I was around... Probably like eleven okay. when I started. Wow! She helped me cut myself for the first time. Do you remember where it was you cut yourself the first time? It was on my arms. Okay. Um, did you guys use what'd you use? Can I used you- scissors, but I didn't Ow. do it that deep yet because yeah. I was just testing the waters to see if this did fulfill. Yeah. What I needed. Did it turn then into a daily thing, it multiple did. times a day? Yes, it wasn't that severe at this point, but I mean, it was severe in the fact that I did it every day, but I yes. would just scratch my arms with it whenever okay. I get upset. Yeah. And then they would fade and go away. Yeah. Um, no, for me, I know what it is, but I have never had anybody explain to me, like, why, like you said, did it fulfill what you needed it to do? What, what is. Is there, I hate to use the word go, I just, I don't know. What What are you trying to accomplish? For everyone, it's different, I believe. I feel like for me, it was the fact that I hated myself so much that I thought I deserved to be punished even worse for wow. just being born. So I wanted to harm myself. Yeah. And I just wanted to feel that I was getting what I deserve just for being born. So when you wow. felt the pain... You you were experiencing what you felt was like a just reward just for being on earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That is, it's very hard to hear. I've heard some other people that have self-harmed, and they said sometimes it's a way to control the pain that's going on outside, mm-hmm. like that they can't control. This is something they can control, and there's a release in so that. kind of like this pain is so overwhelming that it kind of blocks out everything else and I control when this is. is that- yeah, but it's like a temporary thing. It only works, like, I think maybe right then. Well, but that's what I've heard. Last time. I was my fortunate enough not to do it. That was the reason why my friend who showed me that, but mine was more so a punishment to myself because whenever I would get distraught or upset, I just wanted to make myself pay. Yeah. So I would harm myself for the simple fact that I said... I deserve this. Yeah. So, so I, I want to add in this part of the podcast that um, I've dealt with some people that, that have dealt with something where, where they've self-harmed or self-mutilated. And a lot of times family and friends' responses is very harsh and critical to that. And not a, a lot of times we react very quickly and we're like, what are you doing? Stop that. You know, why are you doing this to yourself? And we get angry and we come at them. But I think we need to come more from a place of love and trying to understand and trying to help these people instead of condemning them even further. Mm -hmm. I think when we just shoot out condemnation, they already feel bad. 
There's already a reason they're doing it. So then you come at them hard and fast. And I just, I don't know. Did you um, have experiences where people caught you when you were cutting and made you feel any kind of way about it? It mainly was just my grandma found out about it. And she was just like, you're stupid, you know. So she didn't try to stop you or anything? No, I ended up. I was in a Christian private school, and I got overwhelmed one day because I was very much severely bullied. Yeah, yeah. And I went into the bathroom, and I always brought a razor with me, and I started cutting my arms in the bathroom of my school. Oh, my gosh. And I was caught, and I got expelled. Wow, because, you know, why would we offer anybody any mental help? You know, Actually, I got suspended three times before self-mutilating myself. Yeah. Or... Um, bringing like a poster of the band that was really in at that time was My Chemical Romance. I brought in like a poster. They're one of my favorite bands. Oh, they're one of your favorites? I love love My Chemical Romance. (laughs) Yeah, they are good. I brought their poster in and you know. How dare you? Yeah, and there was kind of like fake blood in it and they just suspended me for it. Oh my gosh. And then. I would talk to the principal sometimes and his wife and his wife, you know, would pull me to side because she found out I was self-mutilating. And she's like, well, you don't need to harm yourself if you want to have children because that will prohibit your ability to have children. To, and at this point, were you only self-harming on your arms, your legs? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing anything, any, but she said. Well, that is quite that the education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That right? is quite the education. I mean, maybe that was the only connection she could think of to talk, talk to her. Mm. I don't know. She was, she was very nice to me. Um, she was trying to help. She just didn't know. She, at that time, it just mental health in general was, it was just at not that a time, thing. What, do you remember a year time frame? Like, how old were we talking? You know, you said 11, but I don't I know if we're in that same... I got seventh grade. So... So, like, 12? 11, 12. was around 12, yeah, 13 years old. because I was in that old. school, too. I think I was in the sixth grade at the time. Because yeah. I remember that announcement in chapel when they were talking about don't bring posters, and we've had a oh. situation. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> it was a big Wait, thing you were at the school. same school? We didn't know yeah, each other, though. We no. didn't know each other, but we really always been around each other and i just remember that announcement had no idea that it was her that's gonna be my wife one day guys (laughs) bringing the blood posters (laughs) bringing the blood posters that's the one i'm gonna marry sweet little matthew everybody (laughs) right oh my gosh that's so wild so um was there ever a time when you were cutting that you hurt yourself so bad that you thought oh my god i I might die or i'm gonna hurt myself like too bad or I've never been afraid in the situation where I was going to die. Um, yeah. I did attempt suicide twice in my teenage years, and I was hospitalized in Holly Hill, which is what ultimately led me to the group home that I was in. Yeah. So, so um, were you hospitalized both times? Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, are you comfortable... Talking about the suicide, um, do you remember what kind of led you to it the first time? Just everything to do with my self-mutilation, drug use, everything wanting to end my life has been because I hate myself. Okay. It's just not a particular thing that sets me... Well, I guess it can be, 
but it's more so if something negative happens to me, I'm just like, I just, I, I don't deserve to be alive. That person's right. That's just how you process it all, huh? Yeah, it's more so I want to hurt myself. If someone's upset with me, if they're angry at me, it's like, I know I'm a disgusting person. I deserve to die. And that's always been my thought. Do you still hear those kind of thoughts, like intrusive thoughts like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Because I know intrusive thoughts, I really did not understand them until more recently. But well, um, Is there a way that you kind of center yourself and regain control over that kind of a thought pattern? Like, is there a, cope, a therapy that you implement, you know, to help? Well, the medication that I am on really helps. It's prescribed, <laughs> but that really helps those thoughts. And I am followed closely by UNC Mood Disorders Clinic for Pregnancy and just talking to them and the fact that I'm pregnant and have children now. I'm just like, if I do anything to harm myself, it'll hurt my baby, and ultimately it'll cause my children more trauma. Well, maybe that's yeah. what the teacher was talking about. Well, you never know. You maybe, never know. ultimately. She was a very sweet woman. I mean, I just, she was very, there's always been periods of time where sweet ladies were, you know, would come in and be there. <laughs> do but what they do. Trying to nurture you, trying to help you. I guess, I was just curious if, you know... I mean, I looked up, you know, and I've got the National Suicide Hotline, which is 1-800-273-8255, if anybody listening is, is needing that. But I was I was just wondering how you got out of that, because obviously the Aaron that we know and sit here today, we would never imagine you wanting to do that now. But obviously you still battle that, and I was just curious if there was a way that you overcame it. You know, obviously the medicine, step one, but... Um, I still struggle a lot. Um, I have a lot of trauma that I am in intensive therapy for that it's well, going to take a while. There's but one more thing. You got the medicine. We've got therapy. Yeah. So, but it's like, I just get an overwhelming urge and sometimes I just have to like lay in the floor and just like scream into the floor, just lay there and just bawl my eyes out and freak out and have a psychotic mental break and remind myself of my kids and my baby. And of course, my husband. It's just all about having to remind myself of the people who do cherish me and who do want me in their lives. There's nothing that I, no special thing that I guess that's what gets but me. But no, by. that was it. That was yeah. well, exactly what I was wondering. Yeah, you know. and I know Aaron mentioned it briefly a second ago, and then we've also talked before that being pregnant right now has actually saved her life more than once because she knew that uh, she would kill her baby if she did commit suicide, that she would actually harm her baby, and that her baby is innocent. So that the baby has actually been a positive. Yeah. Um, do you struggle feeling undeserving of the people that love you? Yes, I do. Because, you know, obviously I've burned several bridges, especially in my addiction. Um, I chose to do the wrong things. So I've burned so many bridges. I've hurt people. I'm not ashamed to admit that and take away from the trauma I've caused them. Yeah. But I mean, you're very hard. brave to share your story with us, too. And I, I think we're going to have to um, probably go back just a little bit in time again, um, just because... Yeah. 
we need to make sure we hit some important parts of your story. So, um, you, are you doing drugs during high school pretty actively or not really? I did pills a little bit because okay. of my mom. Yeah. I tripped acid one time when I was 16, hated it. Okay. That's the extent I drank a lot, though. That was, like, my gateway. And your mom was, is she comfortable with it? Like, you could just drink in front of her, like, whatever, my here, I'll buy, buy it for you. My mom buy me alcohol. Yeah. My mom was, like, on crack and pills, and she would go into the liquor store. She did not drink alcohol and come out and buy bring us alcohol and people would be like, whoa, ma'am, you've had too much to drink. And then one time she's like, I'm buying it for my daughter and her friends. Oh my gosh. In the parking lot. Like it's. Wow. That was just how unstable that was. That is crazy. It was. So she would buy us alcohol, me and my friends. Wow. Now, um, just random, this is going to be a personal question, but do you feel like you were also promiscuous as a teenager based on what you'd been through or not really? I was promiscuous, yes. Well, I mean, apparently your grandma only wanted you to hang around boys, so that that, that was your lesson too. I mean, there was she did she try to be like don't have sex with them? No, she didn't care. She said Good gosh. the only she said the only way that I was going to survive in life was to get married. I had a Sweet boyfriend, Lord. a steady boyfriend from the time I was 15 till I was, I got, ended up getting married to him. Okay. Okay. Um, and he ended up breaking my jaw oh and my getting God. put in the brig in the Marine Corps. Cause he was, we moved to Hawaii. That's a long story. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you can, if you want to jump right into marrying sure. your sweetheart and well, at that time, well, he's... he wasn't, he wasn't even a, he was my brother's friend. Okay. So I knew him and I just wanted an escape from that life. So I latched on to him. He yeah. was not a good boyfriend at all. He cheated on me all the time, was verbally abused. He was wow. awful, but I wanted out of that condemnable house. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you were fine. And plus your grandma's told you, you're going to have to find you a man if you're going to make it in this world. Water. Exactly, no flea bites, you know. Because you're still dealing with fleas years later. Yeah, so she let him come stay the night there occasionally, and she didn't care. Um, Him and I eventually broke up briefly, and then I moved to Kentucky and lived in my brother's frat house with him at 17. And that house was condemnable, too. It actually, like, completely collapsed right after we moved out of it. wow. But I started dating another one of my brother's friends that year. I kind of latched on to him Uh for stability. And then we broke up. I came back to North Carolina. And then my ex was back here. And he was like, hey, want to get married? I'm stationed in Hawaii now. We can live here and you won't have to be here anymore. So I moved to Hawaii the day after I turned seven, 18. Wow. Got married. So can I just interject to say we have had three podcast guests <laughs> and every one of them lived in Hawaii. Yes. And Sean has wanted to go to Hawaii <laughs> since basically the day after his birth and he still hasn't made it. Okay. I just had to say that real quick. Okay. So you do you end up moving with to Hawaii with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Was the marriage immediately abusive? In physical ways? What Did you marry him like the day after you turned 18, or did mm-hmm. you just go to Hawaii? I married him the day after I turned 18. I was like, I, I am not going back to that house, no matter what anyone does. Wow. So I marry him, and it's fine at first. You know, we got a dog, but then he started to get very controlling. Uh-huh. And I don't really... 
No, he always had issues, though, just like me, you know, yeah. since we were kids. But he came from the perfect middle class, upper family, yeah. Christians, was raised right. But his parents just said they think he just had mental illness. Oh, okay. Or something. But it just was very toxic because we were drinking all the time. Yeah. We were constantly just off our, out of our minds fighting and we would fight over stupid things. And one night it got to the point where I found out he was cheating on me with one of his friend's wives. And I like threw a loaf of bread at him and told him I hated him. And then I walked away and he comes behind me and starts strangling me and breaks my my jaw from strangling me so hard. Oh, Oh my gosh. So he didn't even physically like like hit you, strike you. No, he like, he slammed me on the ground and was strangling me and beating my head into the floor. And he, they said that he was strangling me so hard. It broke my jaw, but my dog bit him. Good dog. Good dog. And then after that, you know, he came back too. but I thought it was because we were drunk and having a crazy fight. But he told me later on a year later after he got released from the military and jail, he said, I was in my right mind when I did that. Oh, so well he was just jacked up mentally no he's like i was trying to kill you aaron but the dog stopped me he's a psycho (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's horrifying so are you still married when he gets out of jail when he tells you we tried we tried to work things through because i was like okay he'll come back he'll be different and then i don't have to go back to my grandma's house yeah but i mean we didn't work out obviously thank god yeah but then immediately after we separated. I got into drugs and alcohol. I ended up meeting my two sons' dad. Okay. Yeah. Was um, that in Hawaii or where no, were you? No, I was back in North Carolina. Okay, so you're back in North Carolina. Are you living with Grandma and the Fleas? I'm living with my mom and okay. her MS boyfriend. Oh, sweet oh, he's Jesus. Still he died like six months later. I mean, but still, at that point. let's let's yeah. get a shotgun for yeah. him here. At yeah. that point, it was. Just like I just ignored him. I didn't even try to have a relationship with my mom. We're just going to refer to him as Shotgun Jeffrey. I don't even know his name, but I feel like calling him Shotgun Jeffrey. Oh, Shotgun Joe. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You were close, Sean. You were, yeah. Generic white man name. I mean, it's not that hard. We don't even know that he was white. You're being really rude. He was, but. See? Well, well, I don't don't know where to go with that one. But, okay. But you're here, and then you meet. This guy, mm-hmm. and um, did you were you like immediately in love, or were you just like I like him? Here's an out. I mean, what were you? Well, what what kind of time frame are we talking here? Or what? How, so when you, you obviously the day after eighteen, you got married. To, I lived in Hawaii for like a year, and then you came back mm-hmm. here, and then immediately right when you came back, you met this other gentleman. I met him about four months after I got back because my ex came back. So about 19 years old. 19, yeah. I got pregnant with my first child at 19. Okay, okay. And um, did you guys get married or just make the babies? We just made the babies. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that happens too. Conjugal visits and such. <laughs> so you had two <laughs> children. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I like to call it conjugal visits. hoop de do or whatever you want to call it. We used to call it hoop de do so our kids wouldn't know what was going on. hoop de do Like, Sean, I really like to make hoop de do with you. <laughs> the funniest part, though, was when the Wiggles had that CD. 
hoop dee doo hoop dee doo and they would be like singing and I'd be like, oh my God. I know, no, I just digressed a lot. Okay. I have We're totally gonna... wiped the wiggles from my memory and I brought until them back. this moment right now. I brought them back. It was just kind of funny to Thanks me. Thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. All right, all right. So... Okay. So, Aaron, you're you're with this guy. You've made baby number one. Yes. Is it a pretty healthy relationship with you no. and the daddy? Okay. It's it, what In what ways is it not healthy? Or did it just immediately go bad? It was just always not healthy. He was always going to, like, the strip clubs and cheating on me. Gosh. Um, one point he moved in another girl in, a, in the what? house. In the house with you? Yeah, that my name was on the lease. I was going to college full-time and working full-time at this time while pregnant with our second child, and he moved in another girl to live with us. <laughs> Is he, like, hoping for, like... Like, hey, we're just all going to have sex. It's going to be a fantastic time. I have no idea what that crazy man was expecting. I don't know how you didn't kill somebody. I mean, honestly. I don't I don't know. I should have. I'm glad that I got pregnant with my second child. Yeah. But I look back and there's so many circumstance situations with that. that yeah. Know. So how far apart are your boys? 11 months. Oh my good good God! They're good the God. same age for a week, a literal week. Oh yeah, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. eleven months difference. Okay, and then um, at this point, are you still doing drugs? Are you no? In, when okay. I was pregnant, I quit drugs. Okay. Everything I was doing very well at this point. Okay, and can I ask too the mental? Health issues. When did you know, kind of? I mean, I know you said earlier that you kind of got, you know, they put you on some stuff for ADHD back in the day, mm-hmm. and you started losing weight. It's like a was that a second grader, I think. Yeah. And then, right. so so when did you, um, I guess, get some of the diagnoses or or realize there were some mental health issues? Um. Well, my schizophrenia started presenting itself when I first got pregnant. With my daughter. But I didn't know what it was. I didn't figure out what I was diagnosed with. She was born in 2016. I didn't find out I had schizoaffective disorder until 2018. Okay. And this is probably 22-ish around 20, that age? Age 22, yeah. Okay, okay. So really before that, you're not thinking anything's going on. So I thought you're... I had like p- the baby blues, you know, depression. Cause, okay. But then again, I've always struggled with depression. So. And yeah. probably undiagnosed bipolar, too, at that time. But the schizophrenia didn't present itself until around 22. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of hormone changes that happen. Okay, so with the boys, though, you when do you leave baby daddy? I actually... So... Or does I'm, he leave? Okay. No, I mean, I ended up leaving him for Matthew. Oh, well, Matthew is sitting here with us, and he is a rather good-looking dude. Mr. Steal like Your Girl, him. right here. We yeah. like him. <laughs> Mr. Steal Your Girl. That's right. Yes, yes. Right. He's like, remember that girl who, who had that oh, poster no, no, with no, the no, blood no, no, on no, no. it? See, <laughs> we need to frame this differently. He's not Mr. Steal Your Girl. He's Mr. White Knight Hero that came oh, in and saved the girl. He That's did right. save the girl. Literally, he White did. Knight. Because his oh, last name's White. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Caucasian night that came in. And- oh my night. gosh. That's right. <laughs> so you've had the boys, um, and you end up leaving mm-hmm. leaving baby daddy for Matt. 
Yes, there's a lot of stuff that happened. Well, how does Matt find out about you? I mean, I got to know this a little bit. How, how does he find, find out oh, that I'm crazy? No, no, no. How does so, he find out you all together? I've actually heard this a little bit. Yeah, yeah so we were both working at a department store at the time. Uh-huh. Um, I was working in the men's department. Uh, she was in cosmetics. I had been there for probably about four years. Okay. And knew everybody. And one day I just happened to be looking over there in cosmetics and... Sometimes you'll see the back of someone's head and think, I know she's attractive. Because she <gasps> had this this long, blonde, wavy hair. Oh, wow. And I was looking over there thinking, if she turns around, I guarantee she's attractive. Oh. And, and then she did. And I'm like, oh, Is that wow. the word you used in your mind, Matt? Because that sounds like well, such a no, but I, can, <laughs> I don't know what I can say on the podcast. I perceive so we'll, that as long as that say GD. female <laughs> over there would be very attractive if they turned in a 360 well, <laughs> She was hot. She looked extremely hot. That's okay. a pretty safe word. You, you don't have to yeah. censor her. Oh, he yeah. was thinking I, hot as F-U-C-K. Yeah, trying to watch what I say. All you got to say is hot AF, fam, okay. and that covers it. So. Okay, well. She was hot AF, and <laughs> it took God, me a while either. to talk to her because, I mean, even on this, I'm a very shy person. I'm super quiet, very reserved, don't yeah. talk to anybody. I can confirm but, that. Yes, but I, I thought, you know what, she's... She looks too good for me to not at least try. Oh my god, I'm so proud. So that's when we were talking a little bit. That's when I found out we went to the same school. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? If I can find that yearbook, I can get her to talk to me. So I found the yearbook one time, and I was working up my courage. Did you ask her her to sign your yearbook? (laughs) I should have. He didn't know. (laughs) No, I did. I probably had three people sign it because I had no friends. He was shy. Remember, I I was so quiet. I'm just. You know, in my mind, I'm pretty sure this situation happened differently, but in my mind, I can picture you walking up with a yearbook and it has her picture in it. And in my mind, if I was her, I'd immediately go, where the fuck did this stalker come from? And why does he have a yearbook well, we were mine? We were talking before then. This was probably That's what I'm after, saying. In my mind, that's yeah. how it went, but I'm yeah. sure it was No, this different. was after two weeks of us talking and... Things like that, just as friends. Just casually talking. Yeah, just casually. So I thought, well, you know what? Let me try to find him. I mean, I had my eye on him, though. Oh. 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 She done spotted him, too. Now, did you see the back of his head and said, (laughs) that man has got to be attractive. (laughs) She saw his stylish sensibilities of dress. That's exactly right. I had suits, ties matching. I I tried to talk to him. His shoes were Always. He kept That's on. right. The shoes are always on point. He continuously, I would try to talk to this man. And like we would be closing the store together, you know, and I'd go up to him and just strike a conversation and he'd give me a one word answer and then yeah, and then he'd just walk off. Because he's like, shy. I was like, yeah. he does not like me. Matt, you are what? lucky. Yeah. I, oh I, I gave the uh the overview, but yeah, there was a lot of that and I thought, Oh, she's just being nice. She doesn't like me. She's a 10. I'm a solid 5. Now what? that, oh that I can understand. Yeah, so I'm just you, like, no. In my mind, she, I would be saying the same thing. Yeah, she, uh, she doesn't Matthew's want me. She's not a 5. No, I said 5 and a half. really not. 5 and a half. He just says no. things like that, and he's like probably a 15 with everything he has to offer. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in my mind, me personally, I feel what he's saying because I would, I would be the same way. I would assume no one would ever want to talk to me in that way. Oh, They're no, just but I wanted friendly. to talk That's to you. what I thought. Oh, yeah. she's just nice. Yeah, she keeps coming up to me in the middle of her shift that's on a separate side of the store just because she wants to be nice. 
That's totally Maybe what it was. Maybe she just wants to talk. She needs I some don't men's talk clothing. Back a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming from cosmetics. To, I don't yeah, even know. I would just stranger things have happened. But the thing was, though, I was at that point. I didn't tell him I had children. Oh, okay. So do you well, want to tell you don't, him? You don't lead well, with that. I mean, well, we had a date planned. You, you at don't this lead point. with it. Oh, oh, we, we already had, had two dates. I thought that he saw on my Facebook that I had kids, but I was like, I was like, he's such a great guy, like. But you're still living with baby daddy. No, I'm living with my grandma. Okay, you're living with grandma. Okay, yeah. so it's not like you have two kids, but you're not in a relationship. Right, but like he's still... And you still, weren't married, so it's not like yeah. you got to get a divorce or separation or yeah. anything. Yeah, so but I was living with my grandma when I worked at Belk. And like me and my baby daddy did try to live in Cary at the beginning of when I worked at Belk together. But we literally had the apartment for two days and then we're like, we're not going to live together. Oh, wow. And they let us break the lease, and I moved in with my grandma. But she had moved into her. She owned another property, which is ironic to me that I don't know why we didn't live there if <laughs> our house was condemnable. <laughs> was it nicer? It was way, it's way nicer, yeah. And so we ended up moving into this house. So it was fine at this point in this wow. house. Because her, her house, they tore it down recently, like... So, like, this investment firm brought it, and they just tore it down. They just wanted the land, I guess? Yeah. Is it in, like, Raleigh city limits? Yeah, it could have gone for a lot of money, because do you know where Banks Road is? Yeah, right, in Fikoi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I think they tore... My my mom actually sold it for, like, $10,000. And she probably could have gotten a little more than that. Probably. But probably not making the best decisions. No, because she just needed, you know, Money. but That's prime real estate in that area. Oh, heck yeah. Well, somebody made a killing and did not mind when she signed the line. No, they did not mind. She did not. But anyways. Yeah. So now when does Matt find out you have two babies? Oh yeah. You, can you I'm please, sorry. Please tell them that story. I'll tell it best I can remember. Sorry, I know we're jumping around everywhere no, with no, timelines. But um so me and her were on our lunch break. We yeah. were about to go on a date at work, and we were we saw this other coworker, and the coworker's like, "Oh, Aaron, how are your twins? How are your twins doing?" And Aaron's like, "I don't have twins." <laughs> and then they I got in an argument. Didn't. They they were going back and forth. She's like, "I don't have twins." They're like, "Yes, you do. You were telling me about your your twins the other day." She's like, "No, I don't have twins." <laughs> And oh just got really god. defensive. Oh my god! And I'm like, what is going on? I got here? defensive because I wanted to talk to him about it on our lunch date, because he was my friend on Facebook, and my kids were posted all over it. So I was gonna talk to him about it, but then I got nervous that he would reject me before I oh. could talk to him. Oh, and, and then, then she's out but there. But like, other part. How's the twins? So then she just starts running and just walking through the store and i'm like what are you doing come back are we are we going to lunch what are we doing still on is the date still on and i'm trying to run and follow her like what are you doing were we going somewhere and she was mortified eventually i are are we leaving now should i be following you cars that way (laughs) yeah and and eventually i catch up to her and i'm just like well let's let's go and talk about it and she didn't want to go um, to a restaurant or anything, we ended up just getting like coffee or ice cream and sitting outside. And I'm just like, so do you have twins? Do you not? What's what's going oh on? Gosh. And then she told me that she did, and you know, I thought about it and things, and it you didn't necessarily bother me. I just thought he knew I had children. 
Yeah. But then when I just, I feel rejection so much deeper than you're a yeah. normal person. Well, you've experienced it since uh, forever. So almost. I was just like, I can't, like, I really like him. He's such a good, I can't feel the rejection from him. So. Wow. I just ran from the situation then. I was like, don't worry about you know, it. We don't have to. Honestly, as someone that struggles with anxiety, before I was properly medicated, all the time, I wanted to run from situations. Like, I'm talking basic stuff. Basic, minor, just, what's your name? Ah, I want to run. Because my anxiety, what, it, it, there just was no justification. Anxiety is weird like that. So, yeah. Um, okay, so, Matt, what? how do you feel about these babies? Well, at that time, I, I didn't really know. Because she was... Taken off running, and w when she told me, it was not something that I had thought about. But I, I didn't have a problem with the fact that that she had kids. Oh my god! Um, it really? was just weirder He's the amazing. whole confrontation. Yeah. No, yeah, yes, it, no, yes. Oh I think gosh. if it would have come up in a better way in conversation, it would have just been like, a, okay, well, how old are they? What, yeah, how yeah. involved is the the other guy? What's going on with that? And yeah, those are important questions. That's, that's about it. But it, it wasn't something that. <laughs> That scared me away. Um, I thought the running away was kind of like, where, where are you going? Come first back. First red flag, <laughs> but, guys. Yeah, first, there, first of there many was. red flags. That was you're, the you're first hear. red flag, but Matt but, uh, has, has stood strong. But then we had a really good date and a nice time, and I really and I did like her yeah. after that. Aww, I, I wouldn't that. let him around my children, though, for several months mm. because I was so protective over them. That's good. I, that's not a bad thing. And my boys good, have but. literally only ever met one man... From me, and that has been Matthew. Yeah. See, wow, so, that's that amazing. Was, there you go. So, but wait, Matthew was the only guy after that guy, right? Yeah. Technically, yes. I'm saying that you dated. Yeah. You that went straight from yeah, uh huh, baby daddy number whatever, whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is. To Matt. Okay. Yes. So there I want to other boyfriends. I want to go back to baby daddy. Um. Was he involved in the boy's life when you left? He was, but the the boys actually got placed into foster care. Okay, and about how old were they when this happened? Um, I was. This was when I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, okay, so you and Matt are together at this point because you're pregnant with Matt's. I got pregnant baby. and then I left him. Okay, you got pregnant with Matt's baby and then you left. Him. I okay. was. Starting to get so bad off mentally okay. that I was delusional. And yeah. I hormones and mental health are very tough. I left him and got back together with my children's dad. Oh, wow. And so that was a very horrible thing that I did. But during that time, the children's dad was so abusive that he would lock me in closets. And I would be screaming, and they called the police. My neighbors did. Oh, my goodness. And domestic violence in North Carolina is considered neglect. So they opened a case. And then I just wouldn't leave their dad. Like, CPS kept saying, you need to leave him or yeah. we're taking your children. There was no relatives to place my children with because... Of the CPS involvement with my grandmother. My mother was living with my grandma at this time. Yeah. Um, so then finally, I finally left him. I don't... At that time, I was so bad off mentally, I don't even know what I was doing. Yeah, but you... I don't... 
I don't know that everyone understands the battle of mental health and the hormones from pregnancy combined and and the extreme up and downs that there are or like the fact that maybe it's it's different like when we rationalize things or when we make decisions and this is early on schizophrenia too that's affecting this that was undiagnosed i was hearing voices i was being told to do things by the voices yes okay yeah um it was very bad the children ultimately got taken away because I did move back in with my grandma and my mother. Yeah. I did leave him. How old did you say they were about this time when um, they first went to foster care? I can't remember. They were very young. So how, let's see, that was what, what did y'all say, 2016-ish? Yes. Um, 2015. Okay, 2015. so in 2015. So I was pregnant. I had my daughter in 2016. What's their age difference? Like My daughter, years? She, I think she and my Second child are 18 months apart. Okay, so your littlest, your smallest was 18 months old when he was put in foster care. He was six months old. My son was when he got put in foster care. My other one was, you know, almost two. They weren't in foster care that long, though, because I got them out because of Matthew. Yeah, yeah. They were little babies. The big distinguishing factor that got them placed in foster care was a fight between my mother and me, a physical fight. Oh, my gosh. And then my baby daddy found out. And I hate to call him my baby daddy, but that's just... That's kind of what he was. Well, you know. obviously, if we're not trying to say, you know, his name yeah. or anything. So, yeah. I think it's just the best. We all understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, because I already sound ratchet just talking about No, this. you don't. You no, really don't. I consider baby daddy a legitimate term. Yeah. It's I do, not too. A I do too. It's or a anything. real... It's a way of describing who this person is to your life. Could say it in yeah. the words of Matthew, my children's paternal figure <laughs> oh okay oh my god he uses uh, the best correct english language oh no, he's oh, making fun of me making fun of him which I is not. absolutely awesome. I, I don't know but anyways my mother and i got into a physical altercation Oof. and the police got called and i got arrested first oh. and only time i have ever been arrested I don't think anyone necessarily won. I just, like, pushed her really hard, and she flipped over a chair. You won. I guess so. I mean... (laughs) That's just wrong, Sean. I I should never have put my hands on her. No no one deserves that, and even if they do, you don't need to do that. But, so I got arrested. Yeah. And the social worker was supposed to come meet with me that night. Oh, But I was in jail. So that doesn't exactly help your case. No, so they took my children. Yeah, yeah. Um, because obviously dad was mentally unstable. Yeah. I'm clearly psych- psycho at this moment, out of my mind, getting now into physical altercations and getting arrested. But yeah. And I'm pregnant. It yeah. was just a mess. And it was horrible. If I, obviously being in that situation now, looking back, I would be mortified if I heard about someone doing that. But I'd have empathy for them because, yeah, I don't know it. Well, and I think that's part of why we do this is that we we hope to create empathy with these stories. So, about how long were your children in foster care that very first time? Seven months. Okay, seven months. And so, and in this time, um, do you finish the pregnancy while they're in foster care? Yes, I gave birth to my daughter a month before I gain custody back of my boys okay 
during that time while they were gone, did you get back with Matthew yes. while you were pregnant? Yes. Okay, you did. Yes. Um. Okay. So Matthew, did that go? Um. Or Matt? I'm sorry. It's it's tough when one person calls one thing and then I call you another. But I respond to both. Okay. Good. Mitchell, good. Mike, Michael, anything Mitchell, relatively sweet close. Lord. If it's close enough. Yeah. Hey, Mitch. Um. <laughs> just kidding. So. Was it a hard decision for you to take Erin back? Did you welcome her back with open arms? Were you like, what am I doing? I'm crazy. Kind of what was going um, a, a through your mind? A lot went through my head, but she was pregnant at the time, and I did want to be extremely cautious moving forward, though, just to protect myself. But ultimately, I did want a relationship with her. Yeah. So I, I did take her back pretty quickly and at that point I had just um just bought a house and everything so it it worked out really well is this the house you live in now yes it's okay the, it's the same house okay um all right so you give birth mm-hmm. to a baby girl yes and you a month later regain custody of your boys and they come live with you both yes right mm-hmm. okay now um you have dealt with some pretty serious mental health issues while you're pregnant, but you don't know that you have schizophrenia. No. Right? So you get the baby blues after she is born. Severe depression. I would Severe. just sleep all the time. So was Matt watching three kids? So with our daughter, Matthew at first started off taking care of her. Okay. I did not connect with her when she was born. I loved her more than anything. I felt like she was my child, but I could not bring myself to pick her up or hold her or have anything to do with her. I've actually heard that with some postpartum stories before. It was really bad. And I think those moms feel an extreme amount of guilt because they don't understand why they can't connect. And. Mm -hmm. I, I guess we, as a well, mom, you're made to feel like you're supposed to. I it would, got worse with each pregnancy, the connection oh. with my babies. Did it? I was, I was just going to say, even as recent as that was, you, you didn't really hear a lot of people talking about like uh, post-pregnancy depression and the mental health side of it. It's just always been, oh, her hormones are leveling back out. Give it a little bit of time. Or the She'll baby blues. They're temporary. Few yeah, weeks that's how gone. you described it earlier. It's the baby blues. It's like I think that's definitely a more recent thing because even with our kids, after well, Adrian, well, I had to do some research when I had my third one. Something shifted in me while I was pregnant with him. I actually, um, I felt crazy. So mm-hmm. when I had my second one, a little bit after she was born. I went to my doctor and I said, something is wrong. I feel crazy inside. And she told me that uh, basically I needed to fight it with my faith. And I was very much from a faith background. So I was like, okay, I'm going to fight it with my faith. That's what I'm going to do. I could not function day to day. Normal functioning was very difficult. And I started becoming reclusive Yeah. until when Judah was born, I remember something switched inside of me and I was like, Oh God, I don't even want to be around people. I would totally shut down, want to run away, told the doctor and this daughter had a different daughter. She said, if it's still like this after um, the baby's born, let me know. With my girls, I was very hard on them. I remember um, 
honestly, screaming uncontrollably when I would get angry. And then I would apologize immensely afterwards. And I remember one time um, Sean asking me, was I bipolar? And I was literally like, I may have to pull from the mic here so I don't scream too loud. But I was literally like, are you serious? Why did you ask me that? I mean, like, I yeah. was, and I was like, I remember it very well, too. Ask me if I was bipolar. We were I mean, in the car driving to Tucker Lake. We sure were. I remember the exact <laughs> moment on the road. We were turning off a of 40 on the 240. Oh, I remember it, Sean. I remember it, too. And I was like, how could he think I'm bipolar? But. After I had my third kid and I did get some help, it was it was a it was a game changer for me. Um, but the hormones after he was born, I remember crying uncontrollably to the point that snot was running down my face, like the tears were nonstop, and I was so overwhelmed. And I told Sean, I looked it up, and I was like, if this continues past three weeks, I'm getting help because this is not okay. Yeah, and I ended up getting better. But, like, I didn't have the the crying like that, but I still had the crazy. So we got me on medication. I've been on it for 10 years now, and now I'm a huge advocate for for mental health and and getting the help you need. So you have the baby blues. It's lasting. Uh, What, do you do anything to help your own symptoms? Well, so luckily while... Matt was at work and everything. His mother would come take care of the baby. It got to the point where I guess I just wasn't getting out of the bed or really engaging with my daughter. Yeah. That his mother just started taking her to her house. And so that's, you know, a whole different situation. Yeah. Yeah. But at that point, I did... Start messing around with a little bit of stuff. Yeah. What do you mind telling us? Like the kind of, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about drugs. Just pills from my mother and okay. here and there type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started chain smoking and, okay. you know, before I start getting really bad, I start chain smoking and drinking all the time. And oh, then wow. it graduates. At this point, I never, I had not tried heroin yet. Okay. Um, my mom actually shot me up for the first time. Oh, wow. So your mom taught you how to, how to do heroin. And, um, and this was after your third baby. Yes. Okay. Mm. And it was, it was, uh, injected heroin. Yes, it was. That that was the first time I've ever injected anything and I didn't do it myself. My mother did it for me. Wow. That's, that's what a, what a story. I mean, just that is. And so by you saying that, I'm I'm assuming that even with the third, the daughter, that you were off of most of everything. I was. I did not do any drugs. Like whenever I was pregnant, I didn't smoke cigarettes, drink nothing. I wasn't even on mental health medicine with my daughter. I'll say that's amazing just by itself. Yeah. Well, I went. Com- Matt went through the ringer trying because for a while I was homeless while I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh my gosh. And Matthew was paying for me hotels for me to live in. At that point, I knew she was Matthew's, but the fact that I ran back to my ex, people were like, well, she's most likely not yours. She's not yours. I was like, well, I know she's yours. But then I started to kind of be like, because I started to withdraw from him in my mental illness. So I was like, Yeah. yeah, she's not yours. But he's like, there's a chance that this child is mine. And even if she's not... 
the baby's innocent and I'm going to make sure she's protected Good your whole God. pregnancy. Where do you find these Matthew Knights? They're available at department stores? His last yeah. name is Knight. Available at a retail store near you? Right, right. In the men's department. Wow. So, Ladies, search your local retail's men department. For a Matthew Knight in shining armor. Solid five and a half. Look out. Oh my Can God. you stop here literally like right, a five million? I would give you like an eight and a half. But yeah. no, 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 okay. no, no joking. I mean, you say a solid twelve million, but that's now that you know Matt and you know how great he is. He's so stuff. great. But I mean, first he's initial handsome. look. I was a you know? psychotic first initial when I saw him. Yeah, you know. I was like solid eight. Nine, I was like, he's cute. Here. Yeah, that's why I kept going around him. Anyways, I was that's, like, that's... just love me, like me, like what's wrong <laughs> with me? me? I'm just uh, insecure. You don't like me. You're just being nice. All right. I, I was, was oh following God, him around crazy. that store. Couldn't have dropped any more hints, but whatever. And yeah, there were a lot and I just right over my head. Yeah. Missed every one of them. Oh but he's gosh. just such a good guy. Like he was paying for me hotels to stay because in. Because the baby's innocent. Yeah, he was wow. trying to protect this baby, but everyone was like, you just need to get away from her. Wait till Oops. she has the baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait until she has the baby. Just get away from her. If y'all are wondering what the miscellaneous noise, Aaron is a hand talker. There's nothing a lot of hand wrong with that. Here. But we have microphones everywhere, so occasionally one gets smacked. So Into Maddie's face. Yeah, it's <laughs> but anyway. so, from but me being pregnant. And you putting me in hotels, what was your initial thought when people were telling you to just get away from me? Well, it, it was a lot of things. And at that point, we had been together for a while. And at that point, I was realizing there's some kind of it, mental illness or something oh. that's going on here. Clearly, she's not okay. And I did have everyone around me kind of like, no, get rid of her. Just wait. And I, I'm thinking she's not in a good place. And... I'm the only one here who's doing something, and like she was saying, even if the baby's not mine, this is still someone who's pregnant that has nowhere to go, and I, I can't How old really are let you that at this point? This is probably, what, 20... He was no, this 21. Is 21. 21. Yeah, this 21 years old. Oh, so you, I mean, that's amazing. A 20-year-old just having that mindset is... I think there's just some naturally good people in this world, and I have a feeling that Matt is one of them. Well, I think we know that Matt is. One yeah, of them. yeah. <laughs> but I, think I was so just too. so you were. I'm sorry. 21. Yeah that that was it. I I that didn't want her to. That was the reason you bought to, your house too. Yeah, just because I didn't know because at this time I didn't mention this, but I was still with my parents at this time. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I had saved a, a pretty good amount of money, um, and. I didn't know what was going to happen between us, but I thought, well, may as well go ahead and buy a house just in case and get some things in place wow. in case it's needed. So I did go ahead and buy the house. Then at that time, we've already mentioned it, but then she went back to him for a while, but then ultimately ended up back with me. But I was just trying to take care of her. And I'm sure your family was trying to talk you out of it. As as honestly, most families yeah. would. No offense, Aaron, but I mean, if it was my kid, I'd probably be like, okay, you need to protect yourself. And I, yeah, I 100% understand that. Yeah, yeah. Completely. I think that's a normal I mean, if my boys were in this situation now, I've been in, I have empathy. I'd be actively trying to help her, especially if she were pregnant with what could be my grandbaby. Sure. But that's because I was in the situation, I know. So I can't expect people who probably have 
not dealt with something as insane as this. Or if you're, you're, you know, plain grew up in the country with ex- no exposure to any kind of stuff like it's that. Just like, you know, this my parents crazy. would. That's the kind of person that's like you stay away from that. person. Yeah, she's yeah. she crazy. Yeah. She gonna kill you. Yeah, and and even my family because I, I grew up. I have actually the opposite childhood of Aaron. I grew up. My parents are still together to this day. Been married over yeah. thirty years. Upper middle class. Never had any issues. <laughs> I have no negative comments about my childhood. Wow. My parents wow. gave me everything. They were always involved. My mom stayed home with us. We were in private school our whole lives. Wow. So I, I think that they didn't have that vision for me to be getting yes. someone pregnant outside of marriage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was the oldest. Okay. And I, I think yeah. that they were looking for a little more maturity out of me. And I, I can understand how they were not for the relationship because yeah. you know, she's got two kids. She's this. and Well, and she came from a very yeah. unstable background, honestly. Yeah. And then had had some things happen during the pregnancy that were very unstable as well. Exactly. Yeah. So... And I don't fault them at all. They're just looking at red flags and trying to protect me. That's their baby right there. Like that, you know, when you're a parent, you just look at your baby and I get it. I have no hard feelings about their feelings in that situation at all. Which I I agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I would have thrown red flags for my kids. Oh, heck yeah. I'd be dancing around with them with flares (laughs) and everything. Yeah, my mom just kept red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah, and but the thing about it was I was so out of my mind. I was not intentionally setting out to hurt anyone or do anything. I just was not there mentally. You couldn't, honestly, it would, yeah. You couldn't help it. If, if people have never been around people that have mental health issues, I understand that, that they may not understand. But when you've been exposed to, to people that deal with mental health issues in your circle, you start to understand a little bit more. Especially trauma. Yeah, like trauma and PTSD and that type of thing. It's, it's yeah, a lot. And I literally have all of that. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, I, I have the full list. Yeah. So, okay. Um... You're basically Matt's mom takes your little girl yes. and, is, and is helping out with that situation. At yes. this point, where are your boys? Your boys are back drugs. with me. Um, but I start leaving them with my grandmother more and more okay. because it starts to get to the point where my depression is getting worse. My visions are getting worse. People are talking to me. Yes, yes. That now I know are not there. Do you see things? I was seeing things. Okay. Um, I was just doing very strange things that yeah, made yeah. no sense. I started to have health delusions. I thought I had a brain tumor. I had oh my every scan. On, this was schizophrenia. Had every scan done. They always said, you don't have a brain tumor. So eventually I was like, okay. Then the next one was, I thought I had dementia. So I kept oh going into hospitals. Going in there saying, you need to help me. I have dementia. You need to help me. And they're like, you do not have dementia. And I would be hysterically crying and freaking out like, you don't understand. I do. I don't have much time left. I'm going to die soon. Help me. And then they committed me. Which honestly may have been what was needed. 
It was, but I was still calling Matthew. And, okay, I and, would, and the boys are with your grandma? Yes. Okay, the boys are with your grandma. You're yes. calling Matthew. And I'm telling him, Matthew, I have dementia. You have to get me out of here because oh I don't God. have much time left. Oh, And my I God. need to spend it with you. Yeah. It, yeah. I literally believed in my brain I had dementia. Now, what are you thinking, Matthew, when she calls you and says, I have dementia? Around this time, I was trying to research it myself yeah. because the doctors were not being helpful. And mental hospitals, they just want to get you stable. Are you a threat? No. Okay, good luck. Oh, my um, gosh. And she would just at times, no, I'm not a threat to myself. I don't want to hurt anybody. Then they'd let her out. But around the time, I was starting to really look into mental illness. And I was thinking with schizophrenia, and I would... Be like, are, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you seeing things? And she'd be like, no. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just extreme mania from bipolar. And I was doing my own research trying to figure it out because something was clearly wrong. And I wouldn't tell him I was seeing or hearing things at this time because my voices were telling me that if I told him I wouldn't complete the mission. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what the mission was, but I totaled my car trying to complete the mission because I thought that FBI agents were chasing after me. So I pulled in front of an SUV on Lake Wheeler Road on Yates Mill Pond Road, pulled out and they hit me and it totaled all the cars because I was running away oh from my delusions gosh. and my voices. Wow. Wow. So it was getting That's so bad. Heavy. That is, it is heavy. And yeah, yeah. I was very sick mentally. When when you see these vision, those visions, I mean, did it seem real? Like oh heck yes, real? yeah, I thought it was real. I wasn't on drugs heavily at this time either. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, cause when I was twelve, occasionally I would see some things. Yeah. At nighttime, uh -huh. so I would have them, and I would occasionally hear like voices, but then I would just be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But then I believed everything. I believed I had cancer. I believed I had um, dementia. I believed I had a mission I had to complete, and I was running from them, and I totaled a car. He wow. had just bought me the car, too. It was oh, brand new, man. and I totaled it. I mean, it was just insane. That's mental health. I mean, sometimes some things happen that are not quite understandable. And, I mean, if anyone's listening today and you're, you're dealing with similar issues, please definitely seek advice you know yeah. a, a psychiatrist a, a psychologist i mean mental health hospitals hopefully north carolina we, we don't have a lot of options around here we don't have yeah. a lot of options but there are some but i mean advocate for your health or your loved one's health if you are dealing with this exactly there's so much help out there if you find the proper medications and i've been blessed that i finally found the proper yeah. medication so so now um <clears throat> You are going through all this. What kind of, what, what else you haven't, you still have your boys with your grandma. Yes. So what, what's happening next? So basically I have them and they're going to see their dad every other weekend. Yeah. At this point. And I have them a majority of the time, but a lot of the time I was leaving them with my grandma. Yeah. Um, so I started having voices saying, kill yourself, kill yeah. your children. Oh, wow. And I didn't want to kill my children. Like, I didn't want to. So that was starting to scare me. Yeah, yeah. I would and be scared. And it just kept happening and escalating and escalating. And so finally I went to Matthew 
And I don't even remember. I was just like, I'm really afraid. I'm going to hurt the kids. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to. I don't ever want to hurt my kids. And so I went to him. And then we went to his family. And you can tell them what happened after that. Yeah, And when she did come to me, that was the first time when she told me, I am seeing things. I am hearing things. Yeah. There's voices in my head. So this Which, is the first time. Exactly. So then the I made whole the connection. Time. And okay. I looked horrible that's at this what it was point. and it, i was not showering i was just wearing mm. like just i just wasn't taking care mm. of myself i was just disgusting and dirty and just let myself go i was out of my mind like it was not all there yeah, yeah and, I, and doctors were just chalking it up to this is depression this is bipolar and they would this give is me the low part of bipolar they give me depression medication, but with schizophrenia that makes and worse. bipolar, you can't do that because it oh. makes your dopamine go up. So that was Whoa. making me worse. Oh really? my gosh, I didn't know that. So if you're bipolar, you cannot, you shouldn't be on antidepressants. At least my, I was medically advised that you should speak to your psychiatrist. So that's when I struggle with depression. I can't even take antidepressants. Wow. So, wow, that's intense. Because they had me on. Because depression can present itself as psychosis the longer it does. Oh. So they were like, yeah, you're just extremely depressed. But then they are feeding me this depression and medicine. And I just was. And they were sending your dopamine levels through the roof. And I was going crazy. I was. It was horrible. Sorry for interrupting you, baby. (laughs) Yeah, we totally went away from. But I'm curious now with elevated dopamine levels. What? How? How does that relate to causing more of it? It makes the schizophrenia worse. And one of the worst things was they had her with the Adderall. That's a stimulant, right, which makes yeah. the schizophrenia and stimulants. hearing Adderall voices, is just things like that. <laughs> it is. And yeah. that made her mentally just go crazy Yeah, at wow. that point. And I knew something was wrong, but all these doctors were saying, no, this is just psychosis from depression and bipolar. But anyway, at that point, wow. she had told me, I'm hearing voices. This is happening. What should we do? So I went to my family and thought the the plan was who here can take the kids for a while. We've got to focus on Erin. We've got to get her stable. Here's the issue. We want to be open about it. Yeah. And at that time, my parents had all three Okay. Um, for a good while. Right. Well, they had all three for about a month until my sister got a living situation arranged to where she could take Your two all boys. of the oh, all two of, of the boys I mean and then at first she took my son Joseph and um his mom kept my son Nathan okay and then eventually you know she took both my boys but for like a month or so it may have been a little longer his mom stepped in and took care of my children oh wow yeah very helpful didn't even question i remember i called her one day and i was like i i need you to just come meet me at the sheets by my grandma's house and i'm just going to hand you my children but you need to be there as soon as i get there because i don't want to be alone with them Wow. So his mom met me there and got my children. Yeah. And then she kept, you know, kept them until my sister could step in. Wow. Wow. I mean, honestly, that was amazing of her to do. Exactly. And I will be forever grateful because of that arrangement. My children did not go back into foster care. Well, and I, I need to say at this point, Erin, that I admire your strength 
in that moment that you still you fought above what your what the voices were telling you to do and you chose what was best for your children. Now, I'm sure that that has had a great effect on you, but in that moment you saved your children. Yeah. From what you were dealing with because you knew that you were not able to give them a stable home in that moment. Oh no. I mean, it's it's always been with my mental health, I've always tried to protect my children, even if it meant doing it from myself. Yeah. And having to acknowledge that. I feel like a lot of women, I read horror stories all the time where they reach out for help, but they don't get the help that I had. And yeah. then it turns out into a fatal situation. And I am just And I mean, so I can see where it would easily escalate into that. If you don't have the appropriate help. You're being, your dopamine levels are increasing. You're taking the Adderall. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're just literally, I don't mean anything offensive by this word, but you're, you're literally getting crazier or more psychotic yes. more by psychotic, the day. Yes. If you don't have that help from somebody to step in, well, I mean, what's going to happen? Who's going to save your kids? Because you, you, eventually the voices are going to win. Yeah. I mean, Oh, honestly. and they, they eventually did. So, what do you mean when you say the voices eventually did win? I mean, after my children were safe and situated, it just continued to get worse. Uh-huh. Um, I started harming myself by being told to. Okay. Um, I just, you could not reason with me. Yeah. Um, I was very delusional. I was very paranoid. Yeah. I When I would go to Matthew's family's house, I would hear whispering, but it was my voices. Oh, wow. So I would hear whispering, and then I'd just blow up, and I'd storm out, and they would just be sitting there like, what the heck just happened? And yeah, I imagine <laughs> that would be. I mean, I, I've never had that experience yeah. where someone just blew up and stormed out for no valid reason, so I imagine they were like... Whoa. And I was just know. like, I hear them whispering about me. I hear Paranoia. that. I hear this. Yeah. Like, people are doing this, blah, blah, blah. And it was just my paranoia was amplifying no matter who it was. It was wow. And I was extra, like, with schizophrenia, my agitation was so much higher. Yeah. So anything would set me off. It didn't matter what it was. I would blow up. I would storm out. I would just, it would be a big scene all the time. Wow. Knowing, knowing now about the, the schizophrenia and being diagnosed with it and everything, is that something that be- began early on in childhood, do you feel? I mean, or did well, it? Well, she it did say earlier on? that she used to hear voices when she was young. Yeah, it was see very, things. yeah, very brief isolated incidents I would hear voices and then I'd be like what, what was that and then it wouldn't happen again for a long time where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and see people oh and my I goodness. thought that my grandma's house was haunted or something and I was seeing ghosts so I'm just like was that the spiritual world or was that my schizophrenia starting I don't know so right? I can't tell you right wow um so your sister gets your kids, your boys. Mm-hmm. Matt's mom has your little girl. Yes. Um, now, I'm just going to come into the story. This Well, I don't want to come in too early. You're, you're harming. You're, you're harming. Yeah. Just, yeah. And what else is going on? So I think uh, 
you, you wrecked the vehicle because you mm-hmm. thought the FBI were chasing you, and then you finally told Matt, and he told his family and the kids and all that stuff. Um, are you at the point, did, did you get help? I went the, into a mental hospital. So when I went into the mental hospital, um, I ended up going there. They put me on lithium and Risperdal, which is for, like, bipolar disorder. And Lithium, like they use in batteries? I'm not sure. That's well, wild. A lot of people have made the connection. Um, but that is a very popular bipolar medication, and it actually works amazingly. But that wasn't the official combination that really saved my life. It kind of pointed me in the right direction that medication could possibly help. Oh, wow. But, so I was on that, I got out, and I was fine for a little bit, but then I quit taking it, because I started drinking, and then when I started drinking, it would counteract my medicine, and it wouldn't really work. I went back into the mental hospital, and I was just out of my mind again, Then I was thinking about my children and everything, and in the mental hospital, I met this person, Yeah, who was into drugs, and I ended up... Did this person work there, or they were also they a were patient? They were also a patient, okay. they had just overdosed, and they were okay. in the hospital. So I ended up getting drugs from this person, and ultimately I ran off and got really high for a long time with this person. And then I came back, and then me and Matt separated. Okay. And or, were y'all married? You had officially yes. gotten married? Oh, Okay. Um, at what part of the process did you get married? Did you get married? I got be- married the month after I had my daughter. Okay. So okay. August. So of- before the mental hospital. Yeah, before after, things okay. really. This is about 2016. 2016, yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, hey gosh, if you think back to how recent that was, I mean, that was like 2016. That's the year of a presidential election. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't. There's like a lot years of material ago, here. That's wow. Yeah. You say it like that, it sounds even longer. But in my mind, it's like 2016. That's just yesterday. Well, I well yeah. <laughs> Especially though, when you have, you're just like, just the life I lived. I guess just there's just <laughs> constant rollover of craziness. Yeah. So, um, you you separate from Matthew. I separate from Matthew, um, and I go and live with my grandmother and my mother again. Okay. That's when I first shot up. Okay. was when we were yeah. separated, and that was 2018. Okay. Okay. Um, my mom was doing crack, and she knew I liked downers, so she had a drug at dealer there. Okay. Had your mom ever stopped her entire, mm-hmm. from the time you, you know, she stopped- in this story? She stopped one time for drugs for a week. She was going to the methadone clinic. And I was so excited because I had never seen this side of my mom before. And I asked her, I said, Mom, hey, can I go with you? Like, can we spend time together? And my mom's like, no. So-and-so, the guy she was cheating on the, you know, shotgun Joe with, um, was going to go with her. And I was like, well, I really just wanted to go and spend time with you. And she was like... You're just selfish. You don't want me to have a life, and you don't want me to have friends and oh, a boyfriend, man. and you just whatever. You just wanted one normal thing with your mom. Yeah. And Can I even spend if, time with you, mom, while you're normal? Detoxing from drugs for the first I time mean, in your, my life, yeah, you're you normal? Did, yeah, like even you in withdrawals, you are normal. Please spend time with me. 
Then she, like, rejects me. Oh. So, whatever. But that one time, yes. Never a long period of time. The drugs just have a hold on her. But doing drugs with her in my crazy mental state made me feel like I was bonding with my mom and she wanted to spend time with me. And I was doing wow. it, you know, to deal with all my other emotions and hide from the consequences of my actions and stuff. So it was helping in that way. But so she shot me up for the first time. Oh, man. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And do you remember what that experience was like? I, that was heroin, right? Yeah, Um, it was... Like the best experience. Does it make you feel happy? Makes you just feel kind of tired. Really? Makes you feel good. Yeah, because people who shoot up, like sometimes, like they nod off. Yeah. You know? So. Oh, wow. Is that? Yeah. I was in the downers because I'm so used to being all the way up here. If I take a shot of heroin, it brings me down to normal level a little bit because I'm so manic and stimulated from all the crazy medicine I've been prescribed. So it kind of calmed you. you, Yeah, it was medicating Do you remember when your granddad was in the hospital and they didn't have the safety on his button for injection and he had that whole night he didn't remember us being there? Oh. That's, he was getting seriously over high with basically the same thing. Oh, I didn't realize that. So that's kind of, to give you a reference point. Okay, I did not realize that. That's, That's wild. Okay, so um, you're doing drugs with your mom. Yes. What else? Are you doing heroin? Are there other drugs or just heroin? I like downers. I did meth some. Yeah. But that was only... I was trying to present myself as not drowsy. So I was like, okay, this is making me a little... People are getting a little suspicious. Let me try some of this. And then I just be like... You know, oh, wow, wow. It just, I was trying to counteract the effect, yeah. which is very dangerous. Like, drugs in general are dangerous, but yeah. an upper and a downer, that coming together can cause a lot of damage. Wow. wow. And you mix it with schizophrenia, too, which any right. upper is just going to cause yeah. her to go, it'll cause anyone to go crazy, but with schizophrenia, it yeah. really exaggerates it. And Whoa. I'm very ashamed of this. I am not in any way trying to romanticize drug addiction or anything. This is all very hard for me to talk about. Yeah, no, I think you're brave to share it. And I would say in no way do I feel like you have made it any other than just this is what happened. I just want to be honest. I want to shed the truth on all sides, and I don't want anyone to feel singled out or I'm trying to minimize their pain and trauma from what I have done. Yeah, and it's part of your story. So, um, you're trying these different drugs. You're separated from Matthew. Mm. Um, do you officially lose your children during this time? No, I still, right now they have, um, everyone has custody of our children. No one has legally adopted them. So technically we still have rights, but like, I can't go pick up my, any of my children without their permission and take them anywhere or I could get in trouble. So, so your sister has your two boys, yes. and they're how old now? They will be eight and seven on the seventeenth and twenty fourth of this month. Okay, okay. Yes. Oh, this okay. So and then your daughter yeah. is being raised by, by Matthew's parents. Yes. Okay, by Matthew's parents. Yes. Um, and she is six. She will be six July second. Okay. Um, so your boys, 
they know that your mama. They should, yes, they know. They I'm know mom. your mama and mm-hmm. your sister is raising them, and and <clears throat> I understand there may be that's a difficult relationship, probably. Yes, because there's so much damage that has been done on my side, as well, and I I acknowledge that. Yeah, so. yeah. So, how often do you do you get to see your boys, and where they're in Kentucky? Do they you are. get to see them? Yeah. Do you get to? Yeah. Well, she did mention. Okay. So with my boys. Um, they moved to Kentucky right around the time that I was starting to detox. Yeah. Um, so at that time, I didn't really fight her on it. I was thinking, my brother's up there. They need a good male role model yeah. for the boys. He'll help my sister. She can get help and start new and get away from North Carolina and all of our bad childhood memories and just start over. So I didn't want to hinder that. So I didn't fight it. Yeah. Because I knew if we went back to court at that time, there's no way I would get them. Plus, I wouldn't try to take them out of that stability. Yeah, yeah. So, we made an agreement that I could see them four times a year. A week before my visit, I do have to pass a drug screening. Okay. Um, which, I've literally passed 60 drug tests. All have been random just about since then. Um, but do good for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Good for you. And when did that start? When did this, the drug test? Yeah. Yeah. I got sober. I think it was like March 12th. Okay. 2021. Wow. Okay. So we are almost coming up on Aaron's one year of sobriety. That's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... How do you feel about that? Are you excited yeah. about that? I mean, I'm just... I guess I can't be excited because I'm trying to right so many wrongs and I'm dwelling on just the self-hatred of myself for all of the bad things I've done and the people I've hurt and destroyed and the relationships I've damaged even with other people involving other people. So I can't enjoy it because I'm just like... Well, I think I would say that that is the first step to healing those things that you damaged was the sobriety part, right? Yeah, but it's like the more sober, well, the longer that I'm sober, the more pushback I am getting. I think, you know, too, when family, the family's been burnt so many times and they don't believe in you, and then it's probably also hard to believe in yourself. Like, it's probably hard to believe, am I going to maintain my sobriety? Am I going to, am I going to, after I have this baby, because Erin is currently pregnant, everyone, and she's due in April, at the end of April, with Matt, Matt's baby. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Apparently, her her and Matt did end up back together. So, so, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I'm sure that mentally you struggle some. I I would just say you should be proud of that. Yeah, you all want you to be proud of that. And I don't want you to struggle. Like, I want you to reach out to to your tribe of people and tell us what's going on because we're fortunate enough to be in Aaron's tribe. So, um, and we count ourselves, like, lucky to be your friend. Well, thank you. And I I want you to feel that. Like, there are people that consider themselves fortunate to be your friend. Yeah, I would, there is no way in any shape, form I've ever regretted knowing you. Well, yeah, thank you. you that know, makes me so. feel good. Makes me yeah. want to cry. <laughs> we need to do things to build you up because you yeah. had such a life from the very beginning that was so tough, and you deserve to be built back up. You are working on your sobriety. I mean, that's that's amazing. But but we do need to get back. I know we're yeah. we're at the the boys have, um, 
you know, they're living with your sister. You mm-hmm. guys made an agreement. So did you make the agreement last March? Yes. Okay. When she so, moved. So you made, and she moved in March. She moved in August. In August. But we had, we still have a court date pending. Okay. Um, because courts are so backed up. Yeah. From that COVID. we still don't even, yeah, we still don't even have a court date. Yeah. Um, but we're going back to court. And at this point, I mean, if you feel comfortable being honest about it, does your sister want you to have the boys back? No, she doesn't. And I don't blame her for her feelings. Yeah. But um, I understand where she's coming from. Because to me, I look at it, I'm like, wow, I've almost been sober a year. I literally have not done anything wrong. (laughs) Like... I've I been good for yes, almost a and our, year. And it's pathetic, though, because a year really isn't that long to not, you know what I'm saying? So, but but, but just to, start, to sorry, interject ahead, here, here, anyone listening to this, hearing this entire story, and then here you are today, a year sober after everything you just said, I think everyone listening to this can say that it's just a miracle and you're such a strong person to be able to make it through all that. Yeah. And be here today, pregnant, life on track, everything's going good. And yes, it's been a year, but a lot of people being on meth and heroin, most people relapse within the within three months immediately. And well, you've was... you've fought that, you've made it through it, and I'm so proud of you for doing that because I, I thought I lost you forever at one point. And I'm so glad that you were able to overcome that and now we're here pursuing a relationship a year later with a baby and that's incredible and if you yeah. cry it's okay because we're yeah. just honest on this podcast we want to be honest can you well i would say when you think about the concept of a year to add what matt's saying when when you're addicted to something like that everybody that i've ever known it's not a matter of uh the time frame is so short in between using yeah, it's like, like it's a moment. It's like as soon yeah. as it's over, I'm looking for the next thing. At least the people I'm talking about people that I've known in the past. I, I don't know if yeah. it was that way for you. So to consider a year when you're looking at moment a matter by moment, of seconds, minutes, days in between. Yeah, that's a long like stretch. W- when you used, was it like pretty constant? Oh, was yes. it like oh god, I want it nonstop? Oh yes, there okay. was so much. <laughs> That I was willing to do just to get high. I understand because I think that there are a lot of people that have done that too. I mean, you hear about prostitutes. You hear they will sell their body in a heartbeat because of what the drugs give them. And I can honestly say as your friend, I would never judge you for that. Never in a million years because... This is coming from someone, I'm not addicted to anything. So yeah. I don't understand. Chapstick and water. Okay, well, well the chapstick's going, I'm better now. But it's Coke Zero, Sean, okay? Oh, yeah. But <laughs> but here's the deal, though. Like, I don't know your struggle. So in my opinion, how can I come at you and say, oh, my God, you did this for drugs? That's disgusting. I have no right And the reason I have no right, I don't battle addiction. I have not used those drugs. I don't know what it feels like to need it. And and so I don't have the right to judge you. And I get that people do because it's just human nature. They judge what 
They yeah. do. They judge. Mm-hmm. They judge our actions. But have they been addicted? Were they raised in a home where fleas jumped off their legs? Were they inappropriately touched from a young age? Did their dad die at five from cancer and then they're stuck with grandma and mom and, did, did and they, they can never even severe mental health? Severe along mental the way? health issues. They're not even allowed to have friends that are females. I mean, Aaron, I'm I'm impressed that you are who you are today and I would never judge you for what you did when you were using. I just want you to know that. Well, the thing is, it's I always hear this, and it's like, well, starting, you know, drugs is a choice, is a choice. I'm like, yes, but it's the same choice that you have made before when you drank alcohol, when you picked up a cigarette, and you were able to not come back to it. But, you know, as a leisure thing, it's the same choice. But since I have the addiction, yeah. I, it's a disease for me. They and re, some people disagree with that, and I respect it. But it runs in my family. And yeah, mental health issues yeah. and addiction issues. So it's like I made the same choice to take that same drink of alcohol that you did, but yeah. you can stop at any time. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I can though, which I did do. I you just did. <laughs> yes, but it's like when it started it. <laughs> It spiraled. You know, it spiraled. Out of the blue question, just a weird thing. It kind of hit me when I was thinking about it. Did did Grandma use it all? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Very, very. But she had legs. the mental health issues. I mean, the no running water, the condemnable house when she had a house that was perfectly healthy to live in. And she was, she was renting that perfectly healthy house out to people. Oh, my gosh. So... It was always there. I was like, when they're le- I used to say this to her once I figured out leases. I was like, can you just quit renting that house up? Can we just move into it, please? Yeah. And she would be like, no, they're going to buy that house. Oh, And man. they never would. And Gosh. then we ended up in it when we were way older. Yeah. So, so the boys know you as mom. Yes. Your little girl. She's six. Does she, um, they don't have, do they have permanent custody forever of her? Well, Matt's parents? I, it's called permanent custody, but since it's not adoption, I think that we could petition the court and have a hearing. Yeah. However, um, they, she knows them as mom and dad. Yeah. That's who took care of her when I wasn't there, too, when I basically yeah. abandoned her. Um, so I feel as if if I stepped in and tried to take her out of that, that would cause her just as much trauma as I had been through as a child. Yeah. And she doesn't know you as mom. She knows you as Aaron. Yes, but she doesn't really... Sometimes she'll ask what my name is. I'm really? <laughs> like... She... I'm trying to think of how to word this. I'm so afraid of being rejected in general, just from like my whole life that I'm afraid she will inject me. I mean, inject me. Oh my gosh. No, you're reject fine. me. Uh, yeah, I understood yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Reject me in front of his parents. Like say, no, you're not my mom. Or not even, no, you're not my mom, but no, I don't want to play with you. Or just something a child yeah. would do. So do you almost avoid her when you're around? I will love on, I'll be like, hey, beautiful. Or, you know, but I avoid the contact because I don't want to be rejected, especially from my own child. God, that's and a lot. it's yeah. uh, it's wrong of me. I need to get out of that. But Matthew will just he's straight beelines for her, and they play, and she he just 
he's just all for it. And I'm just standoffish because I'm like, who am I to her? But you, you know, you've dealt with a lot of hurt. And, and, and honestly, are you're in intensive therapy now? I am. Yes. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, something that you guys will deal with. And is, is there a visiting schedule for her as well? Like the, the, the sons? There's not. Um, we can really go over there about any time we want to and yeah. spend time with her. So okay. there, there's no agreement. It's just if they're there not doing anything, gotcha. we'll come yeah. by. And does yeah. she know that you're her dad, Matt, or not really? She she does not because my parents really, I, I took care of her until she was maybe two months. But okay. then after that. My parents have raised her, so they are raising her as their, their daughter. And How, I'm just trying to be present at this point, because at some yeah. point she's going to find out, and I'm leaving that, that up to point. them. She's six, so there's a lot of years left. Yeah. So. Well, and you're giving birth to her full sister, and um, your little one may come out looking just like her. It's just very interesting family dynamics of how to handle it, and everyone has different situations. Everyone but, has different opinions on how um, to handle it. I, I was literally just about to say, you know, I'm sitting here, and I just... I don't even want to have an opinion on it because it's not, it does not involve me in any kind well, of way. There's a lot of and, hurt that um, I feel like everyone feels. Obviously, as her biological parents, we did not want a closed adoption. That's not what we were looking for. Um, so we didn't necessarily want an open adoption. We didn't want an adoption. It was just like I was completely out of my mind, not knowing what was really going on, making bad choices. It, it sounds like it was an emergency situation yes. that something had to be done at yes. that time. And you did the best thing. And, and now and we're looking at what, what do we do after that? Yeah. Well, yeah and, so and a lot of people ask, you know, how did you get to that point? And what it really was, we weren't planning on not, yeah. coming back but it was with her mental health it was like okay yeah we'll be back in a, in a month give us a month we'll get her stable well a month became two yes. that became three that became six months and, and then, then it became years it and her, became a year and, and his dad would call him and be like hey you coming to get your daughter you yeah. know was that more in the beginning that was in the beginning it, yeah it was and at the same time it was to where she would be on her medicine. She would get stable. Then it's like, oh, I'm stable. I'm good. And there were certain medications that didn't work, and she had yeah. severe side effects, well, too. Tremors, your... all kinds of uh, issues. I, yeah. And I've it was it just finding the right one, and it took years to I get her on find, a good combination. I didn't find the right medicine for my schizophrenia until I started detoxing last March. Oh, my gosh. So, so that's a, years of mental health, like five years I feel like once I found the medication that helped me, that's when drugs was just, yes, I'm still an addict and I live every day like I could slip up, I could mess up, so yeah. let's not. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. But that medicine really changed the game for me. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. So, What medicine is that, if you don't Gia mention? Don't. Geodone? Yes. Okay, Geodone. yeah. You never know. That could help somebody we, else we out there. We in no way are doctors or medical advisors. Anybody listening, talk to some a Yeah, professional. well, you know, def oh, well, they have to. You can't just get that on the street. Yeah, I am you on... You can get anything you never want. Never mind. <laughs> I am on yeah, lithium. disclaimers are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my combination. Lithium, Lamictal, and Geodone. Okay. So, but I am not like endorsing them or anything like that. I just... No, they it's work a personal for you. experience. Yeah. It works for Aaron. Yeah. Yes. So, 
Well, I'm going to come back to your parents. I'm assuming now that your daughter is six, they probably at this point, they're being, they're raising her as mom and dad. They probably would prefer to keep her. Is oh, yes. that accurate? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, they consider her their daughter. What do you think, Matt? Agree? And at this point, I agree with that because that's the home that she's known. Um, we're, we're around her. She does know us and know it's not the best situation, but for, for her sake, I think she's where she needs to be, and they'll end up, she'll be with them until she moves out. Well, I want to say this. I think the both of you are very unselfish, very unselfish, and that you love your daughter more than anything, because what you're doing is you're actually making the best decision for her because you realize if you took her back, you'd be really creating a moment in her life that that I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it would create a big hiccup because yeah. she really wouldn't understand it. And she's in a stable home right now. Well, that's mom and dad to her. You it know? is. That's it's mom and dad. Takes care of her, puts her to bed, makes sure she, like when she was sick. Take, yeah. I, I mean, I've been told that I don't love my children. That's not true. By people. I mean... At- were they saying that with the context of, you know, what you're doing is very selfish? You're not showing love to your children by doing Or, like, do they want you to get her, get them back? Like, why aren't you working to get your kids back? No. In what context? I told you about that situation. How do you think it was? I mean, I, you, I, I you don't even have to explain it if you don't want to. I'll, but. I'll explain it in this context. Everyone listening has heard... Everything that's happened here, there have been people in our lives who have been there through that. There have been a lot of people in our lives who we've met after all the bad stuff. A lot of people who were there um, prior to all this good, through the addiction and mental health and all the other issues, they have strong feelings and some people are holding on to the past a little more. I think when that comment was said, it was in the context of why would you do all this if you loved your children? Okay. If you I loved your children, know. this addiction would happen. I honestly happen, can't like say that. I've never said or thought those things into somebody else in a situation. Yeah. I mean, I you, mean you disagree? Or? I don't know. I don't, don't really know. know because I don't know. I just was just taken aback by that comment because I was. <laughs> People don't think That's before fair. they speak a lot of you, times. You don't have to explain yeah. anything other than how it made you feel. That's the. We're not yeah, because it's for, just, I've always loved them. I just new love isn't all it takes to raise a child just because i'm i i love them does not mean that i can care for them and take care of them and provide them a safe place and i think i realize that i do love them but love isn't going to raise them as healthy happy children and keep them safe and i realize that i think love is a very um selfless act and i think that what you did putting them in different places because you knew your mental state i think that that is the definition of what love is i would 100 percent. and i think that anybody who's telling you different may be just holding on to past things and there's a martin luther king quote that i really love it's you know if you can't fly run if you can't run walk if you can't walk crawl keep moving forward and I love that quote, and I know, and I'm in no way trying to take away from what that was originally intended to, and I'm not trying to compare 
our struggles to the horrors that happened when that quote was going on. But I think you're good, man. You don't I, even have to. I, I do, but I do think it really applies. Yeah. Um, and, I and, I, and I love that. And I think that if Aaron is continuing to move forward and people can't see that, then those aren't people who we should be really listening to because everyone has an opinion if we listen to everybody's opinion oh, it's just going to be negativity Aren't all they the like time buttholes or something you get opinions. Nowhere. no opinions are like assholes everybody's got one yeah yeah so. yes i mean and it's true everybody does but you know I, I think being exposed to people like and hearing these stories it just helps us it just helps us see the other side of things because i know um years ago i would have judged you yeah I really would. I would have. But sitting here and just listening and thanking. It's different, too, when you, you're looking from a distance. It's easier to judge someone than when you're actually seeing it up close and personal and seeing the effects. The, mm-hmm. and, and, and in no way that I even, I'm not talking necessarily with you. I've, I, I'm learning a lot of stuff here today because I've never sat down and just talked to you about this. Mm-hmm. For one... I wanted to be someone you wouldn't have to talk to about it if you needed a place where just to be normal. But um, it's easier to judge when you're looking at the situation and not considering putting yourself with that person. It changes context completely. Yeah, exactly. And I've had several people tell me, like, I didn't even believe mental illness was real until... Because they met me before I told them my story about my past. So they yeah. they saw who I was now. And so then as I developed a relationship, a friendship, and I shared more intimately, um, someone told me, wow, um, my husband's so-and-so, same exact story. And I judged her and hated her so much. Oh, yeah. But after being your friend now, like, I don't hate her anymore. And I have compassion for her. And I just thank you so much because I see it now. Yeah. And there's... Sometimes we need something like that. Yeah. To kind of shake us up a little and change our way of thinking. Well, yeah. Just, and it, it, you know, I would say the same way, you know, I'm speaking for myself personally here. You know, growing up where I grew up, how I grew up, I did not interact with a lot of people that were of other races. And so my impression of, you know, African-American people or Indian people from India or, you know, all Asian descent was always what I saw on television or what was put in front of me with a headline from a newspaper. I did not have real life experience. And that'll give you a very distant mindset attitude philosophy until you actually get to know people that are dealing with those situations you know it it makes me sad to know i grew up for so long being very judgmental to all these different you know of course you know there had to be extenuating circumstances look at them living in sin yeah kind of like that because we holding my nose up in the air when i honestly had no idea about the real life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I came from a broken home, but it was a safe home. It was a stable home. Um, so I don't know. There's just, there's a lot that's going on here. So I would like to ask too, um, when you, in March, you get on your, last year, you get on your um, perfect medication, but also, and that helped you detox. Was there any other thing that you feel like helped you were there people that helped you were there 
Um, how were you and Matt during this time when you started this detox? So me and Matt at the time of the detox, it was an uncertain relationship. Okay. Um, it's been a lot. I mean, there'd been a lot of back and forth over the years. Yeah. So he basically was saying, you can go to rehab. I'm not guaranteeing that when you get back from rehab that we will have a relationship. Yeah. But the only way for it to even possibly be a chance, and it's a small chance, is if you go to rehab. And so I went to rehab. But That's called tough love. Yeah, and he he didn't he doesn't enable me like he doesn't. Oh, that's he, great! I'm an enabler, and I don't love it that I am. Yeah, he doesn't enable me, but there was there were people who stepped in at that time. Um, Jade from church. Yeah. Um, actually, for some reason, before I even got sober, God just kept putting me on her heart, evidently, and she would oh, randomly wow. text me. Hey, I just, I don't know why, but I've, I'm praying for you. Like, God just has you on my heart. Wow. And that's always freaky when that happens. You're like, whoa. I'm just like, am I about to overdose? Should I not do this? But oh, right, right. Then one time she was like, hey, let's get dinner. And Aww. this was when I was very high. Yeah. Um, and I showed up there high, drinking. Yeah. Very high. She didn't know what the heck was going on, but she saw me like that. I had a drug dealer coming into the restaurant while I was sitting with her Whoa. in front of her. I told her it was my cousin, but this was a short Hispanic oh, male. Hey, I mean, people got Aaron is like family, six so. foot tall and white. Very white. And then a little a, a five foot Hispanic male. Is that what you said? No, what did you say? Yes. I, no, oh I said there's all kinds of family. Yes. So it, uh, she that's my like, cousin. But I, he just kept coming in the store and... Uh, I mean, in the restaurant and like bringing me his, like slipping me some drugs and oh my god, all this other stuff. And I was just, I couldn't, I was at the point with my addiction where I started going blind in my left eye. Oh my gosh, Ooh. Aaron. So, but Dude. I was so messed up that I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, I can't see out of my left eye. Okay. And then I just keep going. <laughs> whoa, whoa, so, whoa. I like my sorry. eyesight. No, pull it a little closer to yeah. me. Yeah, I totally like so, my eyesight. That That's intense And there. so I had, for some reason, and I was craving validation as well. So I would post these crazy pictures online. Yeah. You know, very provocative pictures and stuff on Facebook. Okay. I think I remember this time. We were friends. Yeah. Uh, maybe Instagram had some too. Yeah, very very high in all those yeah, photos. Yeah. Um but bless Jade. I was just taking pictures of me and her in my eye. I couldn't it was uh, there's slow. my droopy eye. There is literally a picture of me and her where I'm holding my eye like this. Oh my gosh. Picture. Oh my gosh. And she left, you know, and after that, and she said she went to the gas station across the street and sat there and called her mom and said, that was the weirdest dinner I have ever been on. I have no idea what just happened. Oh, wow. But then... Did your eyesight come back? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned about that, so I just wanted to... Whenever I would get high... Are you blind, Aaron? <laughs> no, no, no. Can you see me, Aaron? <laughs> Can you see how many fingers I'm blowing up? <laughs> yeah. No. And solve the was, car accidents, maybe. It was right. only when I was high, I would lose vision in my left eye. It was eye. only... Was it a certain drug, or was it just It was in heroin. But it was it only that way with heroin, like all the other I was stuff? mixing no. heroin and alcohol, so I don't know if that was a combination or not. Gotcha. I wasn't really... Wow. So... 
But then, anyway, so I, I found out <laughs> I was on drugs. That's kind of a dumb question. I'm sorry. It was, oh, we didn't know. Hey, it, my whole life. But, so, anyways, I ended up detoxing at Jade's house. Oh, wow. Yeah. She let me in her house or just welcomed me in. And no she had a toddler. Asked. She has a toddler. Well, yeah, yeah. Young son. She does. And a husband. Yeah. She just let me detox in her house. I was oh. puking. I was throwing up. I was shaking. I was sick. And she took care of you? She took care of me, yeah. And she Dude. she is amazing. I she I don't know why, but for some reason, she really sought out a friendship with me randomly. Like, we met. She, she okay. was meant to be in your life. Yeah, and there's a mom's group that was at New Hope. Yeah. And yeah. I attended it. I was high when I came. Yeah. Jade could tell I was high. This was before everything. Yeah. But she was, but then, whatever. But that's how I met her. And her first impression of me, she was like, I think she was on something. Oh. But then she still reached out to me. And if you know Jade, you know that she's what an not amazing come from person that world at all. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that she did that was just I, astounding. That was my first impression of you as well. Yeah, what, that she was high. Yeah, as soon as I met you, I'm like, she's on something. I didn't know if it was prescribed. Yeah, or if it was not prescribed, but I knew something was at play there. I yeah. assume prescribed too when I not when I first met you. I mean, I saw you like in the bathroom all the time at the church because I obviously use the bathroom. I don't even quite a remember bit. meeting you guys, honestly. Oh, I totally remember. <laughs> uh, well, that makes sense because we, I too do not remember a lot of things when i'm meeting people but i think we met like four times before we actually remembered meeting each other that is funny that's hilarious i remember we went out to a restaurant together with some women and i was like i think she might be doing something but i thought maybe it was prescription Mm. and like adhd because you're like no it was probably a little bit like kind of you know almost like manic yeah you know probably you know not something I yeah. also knew it was none of my business. But so. that's when, too, I noticed you and Kim <laughs> really connected that night. So, I also, um, Jade, she had a, like, a job at this time. And, um, so when she would go to work, she, um, let me stay at her house as well. She even took me to the beach, oh, you know. I remember that. I remember when she, she took you to the beach. She just did all this nice stuff for me. And I was like... Why are these people being so nice to me knowing what trash I am and I'm a drug addict and that's their first impression and they're just like, let me just love you and be your friend and like, why? So I have to say from a a, a personal faith journey, I mean, I'm not your standard cut Christian, but I do have to say that from a Jesus point of view, that's a totally what Jesus would do type thing. Like loving people just because. Yeah. Just because you don't have to fit in in this pretty little like picture and yeah. you don't have to be this perfect person to be worthy of love. So yeah. um I love it that they love like that. Yes, and Clarissa as well. Oh, I love that. Love her to death. Um I don't know, just these women are amazing and Yeah. And That's especially a good word for my it. amazing. My husband too, like he was. Let's not forget him. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah. what? Okay. So so here we come. We're we detoxing, mm-hmm. and you've gone to rehab at this point. Have not yet. You've no, not gone to rehab, you but have you're to detox de- before. Oh, okay. Test negative for. I didn't drugs even know that. I didn't know that. I will let you in rehab. You okay. Have to be negative. So you detox. Then did you go to rehab? I went to a rehab in South Carolina. Okay. Um, Changing Lives Ministry. I went for two weeks. 
But then they were not trained with psychiatric disorders such as mine. They were not giving my, me my medicine oh, properly. No. So I started hallucinating really bad at rehab. That's kind of important to have the I appropriate was, medicine. Yeah, it was very bad. Um, it got to the point where, you know, finally they called Matthew and like, unfortunately, we're not equipped for this. Oh, which man. most rehabs are not equipped for scary psychiatric mental illnesses like that. And I so, imagine Matt was pretty, uh, I'm imagining you were not thrilled hearing this well it was um the middle of the day on i believe it was a thursday and i was in the middle of work and i'm like i i can be there saturday first thing and so you're willing to go get her i was willing to go get her because she was willing to work on it my thing with her has always been a small chance that window just opened wide open (laughs) that small chance he was giving her it's even if it's a baby step and she's moving in the right direction that's fine but my problem is when she becomes complacent and isn't making changes, yeah. that's where I can no longer help her because I can't be an enabler and just allow these things to happen. But at that point, she was working on it and wanted to get the help. Yeah. So, I yeah, we were North Carolina, so that was quite a drive. But yeah. I I wanted her to get better, so I wanted to get her into a place that was equipped to help her. So um, did she move to a different place or go home? Um, after that, we we looked for a while to find a place in the middle of COVID that can handle addiction, but also severe mental illness. And I, we that. called so many people, probably spoke with over 30, and it was they're all full. That's so sad. Because um, COVID just has a lot of people who are severely depressed oh, and having yeah. the, the mental health with COVID something no one really talks about. But um, all these mental facilities are completely packed or at least were when we checked so it really ended up and this is also something that aaron's done she's pretty much done this just with seeing a therapist and taking medication and she made that conscious because you never found rehab that would work and she's done it by herself it is very sad we could not find any help and i didn't because a lot of addicts will do methadone or suboxone Mm -hmm. when i is that to come off of Oh, wait, but wait. some people stay on it. It tricks your mind to make you think that you're still on it, but you're really not. Okay, but okay. it makes your mind think. It, like, so your withdrawals you from aren't getting as bad. High. And will doctors prescribe that? Yeah, there's methadone clinics. Yeah, and... I've actually treated a ton of methadone clinics. When he's means treated, he actually treats for pest control guys. Yeah. <laughs> Bed bugs specifically. But I did it with. <laughs> oh, that's oh. fun. And I'm not minimizing. However, you have to get sober, do it. But I did it without the suboxone and methadone because I was like. If I, in my mind, if I continue doing this, I'll never stop. Wow. You're not the only person I've ever heard talk about that with, like, methadone. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, they put you, because it's still, is it a pill or is it an injection? I'm not sure. I didn't look into it. I don't much. either. Because I think obviously when I'm in there, they go into, like, a, a private area to, yeah. to do whatever. but. People are like, I'm still on something. You have to go. Like, a lot of people, they have to go get it. And I was at the point where I was like, I'm tired of being like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Matthew was very encouraging. He was like, look, I got, we got this together. If you're moving forward, I'm moving forward. We're a team. And remind me, what date, what date did you start all this? The detox? Was it March 12th? 
I'm so or, bad with dates. I it was around you. then, though. Yeah, yeah it was like March. March. Sometime Spring in March. Approximately. Yeah, March 12th. Okay. Well, how does medication work for mental health when you are pregnant? First few trimesters, I have to come off all my medication except for one. Yeah. And the two I come off on come off of are the ones that really help me because if I take it, it can cause heart issues, developmental issues, and yeah. other things that aren't really studied yet because geodone is a very new medication. Okay. Yeah. So I just started my geodone back. Because you're you in third trimester I'm now. I'm in my third trimester and the doctor said... It was safe now. Can you tell a difference? Yes. I've only been back on it for almost a week now. What about you, Matt? Can you tell a difference in her just mm-hmm. since starting that? Mm-hmm. For the I, better? I can. And it really it helps with a lot of the um, agitation from schizophrenia. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I've noticed a major difference. and Because always When she would take it before, I, if a day she would start to act a certain way, I would know, did you take your medicine today? And I bet and, she hated that question because when I yeah. asked my kids that question, they look Freak so out. mad at me. It's <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Why are you babysitting me? Yeah. You like know. I did. Yeah. But he's been good at, you know, because I have, you know, with depression and everything, your memory is not the best, especially yeah. with these mental illnesses. So he actually would sort my medicine for me in those little Monday through Sunday. Yeah, days. yeah. So he always dispensed my medicine so I could come to it. If I forgot if I took it or not, I would know. Wow. See, someone else uses one of those, Adrian. We I know. Get you. Well, I didn't want one of them because it made me feel old. So, okay, I just <laughs> do it because if I didn't, then I wouldn't remember. It works, and thank God for Matthew, the knight in shining armor, once again. Yeah, um, I don't deserve him, and I really know that. So No, it's not a not deserve. It's just, it's it's love. Love just... I don't know. Love, if love's he amazing. feels like you deserve him, that's good enough for me. So if what, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good enough for me. So that's all that matters. So. Right. I love yeah. that. Um, so you're on the medicine now. Okay. I just we can't we can't hear. You got to get closer. <laughs> Sorry, she was so she's tired, guys. You can Third pull it trimester. Back to you if you want to. So I wanted a baby. I just kept going around my daughter and my boys and. Yeah. Like my friends' children, my friends actually let me babysit their kids, let me play with their kids, let me love on their kids, and their kids loved me. Yeah. And I was just like, but I can't even be, like, it's not court mandated that I'm not allowed alone yeah. with my kids. It is not. Like, oh, wow. I am at the, like, I can be alone with them, but it's at their discretion. Yeah. So... How would you explain the situation? I am. You, you don't really have to explain it any more than that. Yeah, so I just don't. But I'm not like a harm to my children. Yeah, but I feel like I'm being treated like I am. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's hence the drug test. Yeah, visit and all and that. all the other stuff. And I'm just not that person anymore. But all these people are letting me babysit their children, take their kids places, hang out, play with them. Their kids love me. And I'm just like... Is that the first time you kind of really interacted with kids in that way? Because of previously, after pregnancy, it sounded like that's when you were hit the hardest. And yeah. so you didn't have that. No. I'm assuming it no, really I didn't. didn't exist. Yeah, I know. And before I had my first baby, I had never changed a diaper before. I never heard a screaming child constantly. Oh, yeah, that's fun. So when it happened and... Their father did not help me at all with taking care of these kids. 
Yeah. I just was going insane. <laughs> like, I was not used to this. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. And plus, not having, like, a healthy mother. I didn't know how to be a mom. Yeah. But I'm assuming you got the baby craving. I did. You wanted a baby. And it's, like, it's very weird, though, because when I was a child, I did not get hugged. Like, oh, man. I did not get any affection, nothing. So, when I went What about in, being told I love you? No. Oh. No, Dang. it wasn't. It was not. I never got told. My dad told me he loved me. Yeah, but he died when you were five. Yeah, my mom would tell me she loved me too sometimes, but my grandma mainly raised me and would not tell me she lo- I would say I love you sometimes to her, and she wouldn't respond. Oh, my gosh. So I just wouldn't do it because I didn't want to be rejected. Oh, my but gosh. But she wouldn't hug me or... Because yeah. she was cold because she had trauma from her childhood. Something yeah. Yeah. bad happened to her. So she was messed up. Yeah. So she could not do that. She'd been scorned too much. So when I went into my group home, people would hug me and I just could not accept affection. Wow. So being around people's kids and finally being on the right medicine, doing the right thing, all this other stuff, I just started craving that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And... I was like, I can do it. Like, I, I know I can, and I want my boys back. That's a goal of mine. That yeah. Hopeful in the future that will happen. It is a slow process, but yeah. I mean, I just wanted that. Like, just because of my mistakes in the past, I felt like I'm not her anymore. I should be able to be a mother. <clears throat> Baby Ayla is on the way now. Yes. Yes. That's exciting. And you're doing the end of April, and, um, uh, how do you feel about your mental health after and your sobriety after? So my like after birth, my doctor, I'm seeing specialists at UNC for okay. pregnancy mood disorders. Very good place. They're putting me in a program um, to help assist with that. And there is a specific mental hospital that just focuses on prenatal depression and postpartum depression yeah that's great to that then that's where i will go and they will get me back stabilized so that's a plan oh wow that's you have a plan that's amazing yeah so very smart yeah um i'm also going into a program for borderline personality disorder oh wow um i'm waiting to hear back about that she should be contacting me any day um but that is something and then I have another psychiatrist outside of the mood disorders clinic Mm -hmm. and she's just like our main focus is you keeping this baby we're going to make sure that's possible and we're gonna do it I believe in you I believe in you and I just want you to know you have a tribe of people with you that in a in a heartbeat rooting for you yeah we're rooting for you we've got your back but if you need us you call us I had you know Catherine from church? Catherine? Yes, yes. She came up to me today and said, if you need me to come stay the night at your house and help you with your baby, I will be there. If you need to come stay the night at my house and I help you with your baby, I will be there. And it literally made me cry because I was like, literally no one has ever offered that to me before. Well, I think it's important this time to know you have the support of people that want to see you succeed. And we're so proud of you for how far you've come. I mean, we really yeah. are, honestly. Yeah. Now, uh, Matt, are you nervous about when baby's born, or do you feel good about the plan? I feel really good about the plan, and I think that's the positive thing. And this time, Aaron does have a 
great group of women around her that are going to love her and support her and help her through that. I think that is so great because she has really never had that with the whole family dynamic and mother and grandmother. But now she's got so many good people to support her. But I, I am nervous. Um, yeah, and that, I think that makes sense. I, I don't want us to repeat the same mistakes and I do in a lot of cases feel like we get put under a microscope by certain people that are like just watching everything with this. Yeah. Probably. Um, and and yeah. I, I think in some cases that's completely valid knowing mm-hmm. the past. But I am yeah. nervous, but the important thing is Aaron and I we we've we've got a plan of getting her stable back on her medication while I'm home from work. Yeah. And can you take a paternity leave? I know that's possible with a lot of companies now, but it's it, not always. It looks like I can take a few weeks. Then I'm going to use some vacation time and may just take some extra unpaid time off to yeah. make sure she's ready. Because it, it's just crucial that as soon as she has the baby, she immediately gets back on her medication. Because that's going to be what helps. I was about to ask how quickly you can go back to them. I mean, is, yeah, because right now you're on the geodone. I'm on the geodone and my lamictal. I can't take the lithium yet because it can cause heart problems yeah, still in yeah. pregnancy. So that's the only medicine that I need to get back in my system after. So you'll just once you have her like the very next day if you're not At breastfeeding, you can yeah. you can do lithium. And so you'll you know, you'll get started on that. And then I mean, for any woman that's been pregnant, you know, we go through hormonal changes for quite a bit afterwards till our bodies kind of get back to normal. So hopefully that will be an easy transition for you and just know we're rooting for you. But, um, we're honestly, I mean, your story is so much more than even what I realized and what I knew. And, um, I'm proud of you. Like, I am so proud of you that you are still alive and that you're sober, and that you got away from those FBI guys. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean that, that was, was scary. Close. That was that scary. Was a close one. I'm so impressed with Shotgun Matt Jeff as a man and as a husband, and as just somebody that even when he didn't know if that baby was his, he cared for that child because it was an innocent person. That says so a I'm lot. just, yeah, I'm just your character. I just want you guys to know you're amazing people, both of you, not just mm-hmm. Matt. You're equally amazing, Aaron. Well, thanks. <laughs> you really are. I I don't. I want you to fully believe that about yourself. I really do, and um, and I'm just so thankful you shared your story with us. Well, thanks for giving me the platform to share it because I feel like even when I had my last baby six years ago, mental health was not addressed. Then if I had heard someone who was battling all this crazy toxicity and trauma from childhood, mental illness, yeah, addiction, I would be like, there's hope for me, you know? So I'm hoping to give someone else hope. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. I was about so to ask much. if you, either of you had any parting words, but yeah. I mean, that's pretty perfect right there. I think that sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. hoping to give someone hope. I love it. That could be our tag on the... Oh, it's going to be the tag. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's perfect. All right. This is us saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.